You're about to listen to Tadpog. Tyler and Dave play old games. It's a comedy video game podcast. We would like to stress that the hosts are not experts and are really just very crass commentators. Seriously, this is an explicit podcast that happens to talk about video games sometimes. So please enjoy this pretty okay podcast with Tyler and Dave. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another We're All in Different Places for Each Other's Safety recording of the Tadpog podcast. It's a, it's a little homespun artisanal show where three old guys, we'll talk about old games. We always do at some point. So what's up, guys? Oh, you know, living the dream. Dave, are you also living dreams? Dude. Yeah, I, I live dreams. That's yeah. what it says on my business card. It says David David Moore fucks hard and lives dreams. Um, uh, I had them printed at Office Depot. They were not happy about it. It's like that time I called the great co- cookie company and asked for a cookie game that just said fuck. They were going to do it, but fuck. they were not happy about it. Sir, you're going to need a noun behind that verb or we will not do it. If what do you has- fuck exactly? <laughs> do you fuck tits? What do you fuck? We have to know. <laughs> that depends on if we'll do it or not. <laughs> All right. We can Let's consult it- the great cookie chart. <laughs> we can use it as an intensifier, but not a verb. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm doing okay. So how you feeling? I'm- I feel fine. I feel fine. Um... I'm told that I'm still probably contagious. So, um, but uh, you know, hey, other than that, I've probably got a lot of dead virus uh, antigens hanging out in my nostrils. So, but I'm I'm okay. I feel I feel fine. Thank you for asking. Looking forward to recording with you guys in person uh, again, uh, and uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Agreed. But can't do yeah, that this I'm week. Ready for that too. And I want to thank the listeners for hanging in there with us. I know, like, I know that it's uh, always kind of tough when we have to do stuff like this. Um, but I think it's really important to keep doing the show every week. So to keep that momentum going, uh, this is kind of like the only way that we can do it right now. So, which is good. I like talking to you guys. Um, so I mean, even though we can't meet in person, it's it's still it's still been nice. Yeah, and then the on the Discord, I mean, there was plenty of good response to the last episode. Everybody was discussing their top five and you know favorite characters, so it's it still went over well. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pleased. I'm pleased with how it went. Agreed. Well, since then, what have you guys been up to? Oh, nothing really. Uh, so I. I got I got a couple of things I was thinking about today. I got a pizza for supper tonight, and I got it at Domino's. And they're they're cross promoting right now with the new season of Stranger Things, which is coming out like next week, I think, for like Memorial Day weekend or whatever. And uh, I, I drive up to the window, and they hand me the box, and it's the box from the '80s, like. Oh, has nice. the great big domino on it and it just says domino's pizza 
Of course, it's got a QR code for the Stranger Things promotion, which kind of ruins it. But uh, that just made me so happy I had to talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, I need to look that up. Um, we had I, I don't know if anyone and if, I don't know who saw this in the discord. I got a I was watching a TikTok recently and I got a I found one with this guy who was reviewing like generic or like knockoff AirPod Max or whatever the big headphones that Apple makes that are like $500 and he linked them to this website and they were pretty much identical and so I got on the website and I saw where they had these AirPod 3 and AirPod 3 with this like charging case and stuff it's like they're like $269 normally. They had these listed for $27. And I thought, okay, all I've got to lose by trying to buy these things is $27. So I went ahead and I and I went ahead and I ordered them. And they came in the other day. First of all, the way it was wrapped, they were the box was literally wrapped in bubble wrap, and then they just did packing tape around the bubble wrap. I thought, okay, we're off to a really great start. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I ship video games to people. <laughs> Inside the wrapper, once I finally got it off, is this green teal green box and for anyone that's on the discord if you scroll up in the general chat and honk channel you'll see the box uh it says on it t200 auto power on auto pairing 5.0 uh with the picture of the most awful looking airpods like uh, earbuds i've ever <laughs> seen in my life just there's actually a digital readout on the case showing like you know the amount of battery power it has and stuff it's just they're they're awful right so i so i'm like ah that's what i thought i knew it i open the box and inside the box is another box <laughs> this this box is white and it says airpods on it and i took it out and looked it is a pair of apple airpods they're real like they have serial number and everything. And they're like sealed in an Apple box the way that they would be normally. And I'm like, what the hell? Those those fell off a truck somewhere. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? I open them up. They pair up to my phone. They register as AirPods. They're like wow. actual AirPods. Uh, and so I posted the pictures of them in the Discord and somebody I, and forgive me whoever you are that said that i'm too lazy to go back and look uh said they said that i guess apparently chinese factories there's a problem with they keep they run all night and they keep producing more of the product than they were supposed to uh and then they keep the surplus and turn around and sell it like dirt cheap on chinese websites <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, and he so he said they're probably actual AirPods <laughs> for twenty yeah. for twenty seven dollars. <laughs> I am you know I don't think they fell off a truck. I don't think I think there's probably some questionable legalities here, but it's China, so you know. 
They're not going to exactly go try to shut down the website, I don't reckon, because I feel like this has been going on a long time. But That's um, sweet. <laughs> so now I'm just telling our audience this story because I'm telling everybody this story because I was this is the first time <laughs> I've felt genuine surprise in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Not since uh, everyone gifted you that record. Oh well, there's that. That I, for, I forgot about that. That was. That was more of a surprise because I didn't have a clue that it was coming. All I did for the 10 days, though, after I ordered them, was like, God, I know it's only $27, but that was stupid. That was stupid. I could have put gas in my truck, you know, whatever. But then they came, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. Well, the record actually was yeah, a Chinese awesome. knockoff, so oh, okay, it all even, all yeah, even, so it, it, all even yeah. it follows the trend. Then, good, good. <laughs> They had the they had the Foo Fighters in a warehouse out there. That, yeah, they re-recorded the album. It just wasn't quite exactly the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah. The uh, just for the record, no pun intended. That uh, Foo Fighters album Ew. is very prominently displayed in my living room. So everybody has to ask. Everybody sees it, asks about it, and I get to brag how cool my friends are. <laughs> I love that. No, that is. That's all I do uh, with albums is just because um, I don't have a record player. <laughs> so all I do with albums are just art, essentially. We do have one, but it's not very good. And I don't I'm afraid it'll do more damage to the record. Like I, pl- I played it. I played yeah. it once just to hear it. Uh, but I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. going to put it on that record player again. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a Fisher Price record player. I wish I had it still. I'd give it Sweet. to you. I had one of those too. I used to drive my parents crazy listening to the soundtrack from Dumbo, Walt Disney's Dumbo. <laughs> Man, I had a. I'm so glad it was a Disney album because the one that I would drive my parents crazy with was um, like a, there was this Disney Christmas album, uh, and there was. I think there was a Dolly Parton song. Oh boy. Maybe it didn't drive them crazy, (laughs) but I think it was Dolly Parton, like winter wonderland. And then like, I also had like a whole bunch of these, like, you know, like the real, like cheap records that are like real tiny and like made out of essentially like floppy. Yes. Yes. I had a bunch of those too. Nice. No, but I'm, I'm very happy you got excited to pay a lot more for the, the AirPods about the girls. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I could give you the site. <laughs> I was about to say. I actually linked it on the general chat and the Discord, but I will. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. Hell, I don't care. I, I mean, it's <laughs> it's not a secret apparently because somebody else. And again, I apologize for not remembering who I was talking to. Uh, I'm old and I forget things, but the uh, I. I linked the site and the dude, it's called like dhgate.com or something. And I linked it and the guy's like, Oh yeah, yeah I bought stuff off of there instead of eBay. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like the world's best kept secret or anything. It was just the world's best kept secret to me. Uh, I've bought questionable R4 stuff and the Ram extenders and shit like that. And then same for Ryan buying what he had to buy that upscaler from Turkey or yeah. So, <laughs> So we do it. Yeah. It's good. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you with the link and uh, go buy AirPods for everybody because they're cheap. 
<laughs> I mean, that's what that's oh, that's all everyone is getting from me for Christmas this year. This is AirPods. <laughs> I don't even. You don't have an iPhone. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dave? What have you been up to in in your room? Well, in my room, I stopped playing. Uh, I stopped playing Rogue Legacy Two. I know we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like when I I put that down and I was like, man, I gotta play something else. Um, and I picked up my Vita and I was like, what do I have on here? And I was like, oh, um, I've been meaning to play Persona 4 Golden for a long time. Oh, shit. And, and this is on here. Uh, and I'm really like Persona 4 Golden. I've been playing, I've been playing that game. Yes. Um, and I'm not like, I'm not like super far into it. I'm like 10 hours into it. And I feel like. My 10 hours into it is probably like someone else's four hours into it because I'm really just taking my time and like poking around and like checking out a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and it's also like my first real go at a Persona game. So I'm kind of getting used to like all those mechanics, which I really like. I mean, oh, yeah. I think yeah, it's... Yeah. um I think it's really exciting. Like it's been... um And I think that the story is like... So far, I think the story is really good. Uh, I like the whole like Midnight Channel, uh, creepypasta mm-hmm. kind of urban legend style. And I like that it's kind of like in a, you know, modern-ish era. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think it's 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 cool. Uh, I, I, the one thing that I'm really hesitant about is um, Persona fusing. Uh, that's the thing that I'm, that I haven't, that I know that I need to do because like I've already fought a couple bosses where it's like, man, it sure would be good to have some kind of persona with dark or light <laughs> attacks yeah. because, uh, cause this is taking forever. Uh, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm working up to that. I'm working up to that. Well, cause, cause only, only for the hero, you know, can you get different personas? Everyone else, you'll eventually recruit a character of each, type yeah so i mean you'll eventually be able to sub in and out your party characters and things like that yeah yeah i i i'm i've only i just got uh yukiko in the party so like i said i'm not like i'm not like super far into it um but uh yeah i'm enjoying it i i think it's i think it's pretty great it makes me very happy because it is a fucking great game uh and maybe it'll um Maybe it'll inspire me to give Persona Five uh, another another try when I'm when I'm done with it, or maybe I'll try out Persona Three. See, I don't know. I, I, I went mean, right like, to three because I, I love four so much. I was like, I want more of this experience. I just immediately downloaded three and went on. I think yeah. I mean, I can see why. I think it's great. I mean, there are like, um, I mean, there are days where I'm sitting at work thinking about it. Um, then you know, you know it's a great so game. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's it's. I like it. I like it. I I, I have a feeling it's going to take me forever to get through, but I'm trying not to think about that, um, because that usually makes me not want to play a game. So I'm trying not to think about how long of a game is and how big a, of a commitment it is. And you know, by doing that, I'm actually you know allowing myself to enjoy it. Well, yeah, uh, it's good. Is, it's good that you're taking your time and kind of analyzing how you want to spend your time in game because that's important. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. I remember because, like, we did an episode on Persona Four, like in 
March of 2017. I think it was like episode 390. And um, like, I remember, I rem- honestly, I remember not being really sold on it um, and like not really being sold on the idea of it being an RPG, but also like a um, time management sim. Mm-hmm. Um but I got to, but like in practice, I really like that a lot, like a lot, um, because it, it feels like there's always something going on in the game. Yep. Um, and, and that's what I like a, a lot about it. It's, it's, it's tough for me to put it down because it's like, well, like there's just one, there's just one more little thing I can do. Like, oh, there's new books in the bookstore today. Let me go see what books are in the bookstore. And then that kind of leads to the next thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need to go rescue Yukiko or she's going to die. <laughs> and, uh, and like the game's going to end. Uh, and I think, I think that's, I think that's neat too. I, I think that it's really cool that the game can end um, not because all of the characters in your party have their hit points reduced to zero, but it's because you just failed to do, you just didn't do the thing you, you were supposed to do, you know, like you were, you know, and the game's pretty fair about telling you, Hey, you need to do this. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> don't, don't forget you need to do this. Um, so I think, I think that's really cool. It's, it's, um, yeah, I, I like it a lot. I think it's a really, so far it's a, it's, it's been really, really enjoyable. See, I'm glad it sounds like you play it like I do because I want to do as much side shit as I can to be as strong as I can before I go do the thing you're supposed to do. Whatever right. I, yeah, I play. That's how I do it. I think that's, to me, that makes sense. When I played Persona 5, you can connect to the Thieves Network and you can basically pull up what did other players do on this day. Whoa, so you that's can, awesome. Yeah. So you see like 18% studied at the library, 25% rescued the character, 50%. Train, you know, so you can kind of see the way you and I play, Dave, is not the way most people play. Most everyone goes and does well, the thing immediately, and then does all side shit. I can, get, I get that. I, I mean, I get that, and you know, because like the way I do things at work is, I do the most urgent thing first. Um. But I don't do, I guess I don't do persona like that because I mean, at work, I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty competent. <laughs> like I could, you know, I could do this urgent thing without like having to train for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, in persona, it definitely feels like, uh, yeah, I gotta be as strong as I possibly can be before I go and do this. And like, um, but then again, I mean, like with rescuing Yukiko, like I knew that I had to get I knew I had to rescue her essentially before the fog came and they give you like the, and the fog comes after like several days of raining. So the, like the first day it started raining, I was like, I better go check this out. And I think like the characters are also kind of like your, your, your comrades are also like, Hey, maybe we should like, I don't know, just check it out. And like, (laughs) I'm glad they did because I went in there and I was like, Oh, I have to do like eight floors of a dungeon before I can even (laughs) rescue her. So it's like, and it, what's what's nice about that is it's like knowing that early on was like, oh, man, I'm glad I just didn't try to do this all in one like one sitting because it would have been impossible. I'd run out of resources, you know, so. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's cool. I, I I really like it. I I wish that I would have. Um, I wish I would have checked it out earlier. Honestly. Um, but no, I, I love that you yeah, did. I'm very. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk to you about it when you're ready to talk about any part of it. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm down to I'm down to talk about what I assume is the first ten percent of the game. If you are, um, well, I feel but, like I need uh, to I get think myself I, a PlayStation or something so I can be in on hell this. Hell yeah, you do. I don't, I don't think that's like strictly Sony, right? You can borrow my Vita. I haven't touched it in forever. You can borrow my Vita. It's it's all already digitally on there, three and four. Oh, all right. I would take them up on that. It's a. I mean, I personally wouldn't because I hate borrowing hardware. But. I'm not terribly, <laughs> terribly <laughs> fond of it myself. But you know, maybe I will. It. I, I don't know if this will help you or not, but it looks like the Persona Four Golden is on Steam as well. Okay. Yeah, it's and so good. I, I was checking to see if it maybe got like a Switch release or something. I didn't realize, but no, it doesn't look like it. Just PlayStation Two, Vita, and and Windows. But yeah, I I think it's great. I mean, really, I think it's great. I hope that it. I hope that it continues to be great. Um, I, the only thing I can really imagine, kind of throwing me off as if it gets repetitive that's that's the only thing i worry about um, there are always enough get- there are always enough characters and bonds and dungeons that you're always doing something different i mean you're good because there'll be enough like okay who do i want to advance this story with and you know there's you know you know you but you can always look like what rewards do it you can always prioritize you know who you like the most or look and see what you get at what levels and what, you know, relationships you want to focus on first. But you know, there's always, awesome. I, I was never, I never found it to be repetitive. You may be doing similar I mean, things, but they're all different enough that it, it always felt good and fresh and exciting. And I was, I was ready to see what I was awesome. going to do the next day. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. And I mean, I'm honestly like really surprised at how much I like the, um, uh, you were talking about the bonds. Like mm-hmm. I, I love doing that stuff and it doesn't feel what I, what I expected it to feel like. I expected it to feel like a dating sim. Um, and it really doesn't like a lot of times in, in dating sims, uh, I, I don't like that. It feels like you are just manipulating the other person. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it feels like, Oh, this is what they want to hear. So I'm going to say what they want to, they want to hear. It doesn't feel like that to me in persona because like so far it's all been very wholesome where it's like, uh, Hey, I'll help you clean up after soccer, soccer practice. <laughs> and then the person's like, Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. And then your relationship grows and it's like, fuck yeah, this is what it's about, man. <laughs> Just be fucking nice to each other. That's all you need to do. And pretty much. I mean, so, so far that that's great. Although it's like, man, it's wild. Cause like I'm in two clubs, of course, uh, I'm in, uh, the, the soccer club. That's what, and, I, did. That's uh, what I did. Which I chose just based on, I did the tour. Right. And I just chose based on the character designs. And I was like, that guy looks stronger. I want him. <laughs> so I, I went soccer. Um, and then I went, uh, I went band, uh, for the, for the, um, with like the cultural club. And the only reason I went bad is because I was in band in high school. 
Um, I assumed when I had a choice, because you choose between band and drama, I was like, I know Tyler went drama. I did. For sure. <laughs> I did. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I was going to text you and say as much, but I wanted it to be a surprise <laughs> for recording. Yeah, love that, it. Uh, love it. Yeah, so it's it's been good. I, I I'm I'm really looking forward to to getting back into it tonight. Um, I will say one thing about it, and that is the music is great. Mm-hmm. The music is great. I'm surprised how good it is. Oh, yeah. because it's kind of like it's kind of it's poppy, you know, and like it is it's like modern. those song and yeah, it's it's modern and it like gets they're stuck in my head. Um. I'll be like at work or something and I'll be humming like the, just the town music or something. And it's, it, it it's great. It, the only, my only complaint is like, I like the music for the velvet room, oh, but yeah. it's also like, <laughs> but it's also, I have to turn it down because it's, it's not poppy at all. It's just this like woman, like, like chorus, like this female chorus. And it's like those high notes get like really loud and it's like, okay, I got to turn this down like a couple notches. I'm, I'm still trying to but. work out how to do a persona D and D game because I think it would be well, I, super fun to do like the normal everyday, like real world. Everybody has call of Cthulhu character sheets and we run it based on real life, low powered skills. And then like if, you're in the midnight channel. Well, that's when you pull out a D and D character sheet. So your persona is that class that you are, and you would control the the fantastical D and D character. I think that's cool. I you know I'm glad that you mentioned that because like I I wanted to ask you if like some of your ideas for subspace and the Scott Pilgrim game were based on uh, the 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 TV world and, and persona four, just because it's like, um, you know, in, in persona four, like, and I'm probably in the other persona games too. I don't know, but like before each character gets their persona, they have to like face a side of themselves that they don't like. And, uh, to me that felt that was reminiscent to, you know, the, the actual play that, that you're running right now. Yeah. I think, I think it may have been like that unintentionally because like the Scott Pilgrim canon information on subspace does it, it just naturally has a lot of similarities to the persona world. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't actually my intention, but I mean, maybe subconsciously, haha, it did. And then, yeah. And then just the similarities came out. Um, it's not a criticism by any means. I I, I like that uh, aspect in your game, but I, I and and maybe because of that game, you, because of the Scott Pilgrim game, it's it's I don't know. It, it maybe put me in the mindset to really enjoy uh, Persona Four Golden and like enjoy the TV world and all that. I will say that um, this has to exist. But it, but if there is not like a deviant art version of Teddy from <laughs> Persona Four Golden as Peter as Peter Griffin, uh, I will uh, eat this. I will eat this Magic Eight Ball in front of me because, like, the moment I saw him, I was like, "That bear looks like Peter Griffin." <laughs> well, don't look it up because I'm afraid you might see a spoiler. <laughs> oh, okay. Involve, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm Teddy. glad you said that. Let me let see, me, holy shit. Let me look at Deep in Art. Crossover. He becomes Brian. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, so close. The only thing I don't like about the Persona series is how they do the games. So, like, there was a Persona 4, and then, like, a year later, they released Persona 4 Golden. But, so, Golden has uh, more, like, bonds, I think another character, all, a bunch of what should be DLC content. Well, you can't download like a DLC for Persona 4. It's a whole new game you have to buy and start from scratch. Uh, so that's what made me mad about Persona 5 because I got Persona 5 on release day, didn't get around to playing it because adulthood, and by the time I sat down to play it, well, you know, Persona 4 has Persona 4 Golden, Persona 5 has Persona 5 Royal. So Royal was out, and Chocto was like, yeah, dude, you need to play Royal because it has a whole nother, like, semester to play through, two more characters, different options, and it's like, well, shit, I've already put 120 hours <laughs> oh, no. into Persona. <laughs> so I was like, well, if I ever see well, it super cheap, like, super fucking cheap, I'll get it and start over. It's that good that I would start it over for more content check on i don't know i have it on playstation 5 i don't know what version i have but it was one of those where i was like you know you go to the store and it's like let's see what's for free and it's like oh persona 5 okay yep. so i don't know if that's part of like playstation plus or what so i think i think that might just be the regular version although maybe they'll update uh, it, maybe okay. they'll update it to royal eventually uh maybe but that's that's the only or part that made me sad because like, oh, I just happened to get hear about Persona when Persona Four Golden was already out, so I didn't have to deal with all that. So, yeah, like I googled, can well, you download Do Royals DLC? No, nope, nope. Mm. Sucks for you. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if if Persona Five is as good as Persona Four is. Like if I then I might just buy it because I mean, I. I I, I I really like it. I think it's like really respectful of the players, like intelligence and oh, like, because yeah. there are times like I, there are so many RPGs I've played where it's like, like the what 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 kind of irony is it where it's like uh, the the characters in the play don't know what's going on, but the entire audience does. I can't remember what is that dramatic irony. Um, like, I feel like in a lot of RPGs I play, it's always like that. It's always like, well, I know what's going on, but everybody in this game's a fucking idiot because yeah. it's like, it's, it's so obvious. But in Persona 4, I love it because it's like a thought will pop in my mind. And then like two seconds later, one of the characters is saying that thought and it's See, like, hell yeah, nice. that's good. That's, that's good nice. writing. I, I like that. I like that they're, that they're not they're not dumbing it down. I mean, and that's not to say that it's a stuffy RPG. It's not by any means, but I mean, it just feels like it's, it just feels like it's really well thought out and well written. And it's like, there are moments in the game already that it's like, that are, there's a lot of heart to it. Like, I mean, when, uh, like I just did a segment where, um, Yukiko goes to the TV world, I guess, for the first time and gets her glasses because like the characters when they go into the TV world have to wear these glasses so that they can see. And like she has this laughing fit because 
Teddy, the Peter Griffin of TV world, uh, <laughs> has made these like glasses that don't work. And they're essentially like the big nose and mustache glasses, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, and like she's like just starts cracking up and then like uh chie wears them and she looks ridiculous and it was like it was just this moment where it's like man like they're really doing a good job of like writing this story so that the the characters feel like they're actually friends mm -hmm. and it feels like they're 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 actually bonding it's not just the mechanic it's not just you are raising the level of your uh, investigation bond. It's like you're, you are actually seeing these people bond and it's like, I don't know, man, maybe I just haven't been playing the right RPGs for a long time, or maybe I've just been playing old ones for so long where stuff like this isn't so common, but like, I don't know to me that seeing that kind of stuff was, was special. I, I, I really do. I really do like this game. Um, and I, I thank you for introducing it to me. I mean, oh, I'm so I, glad. I don't know that I would have gotten to it. I mean, I know it took me a while. We did an episode on it. Like <laughs> it only took a pandemic. Ago, but, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I only, it only took me catching COVID <laughs> and not liking rogue legacy too. <laughs> I'll catch COVID before I play that game. Oh, yep. <laughs> because it's good because I mean there there are like ten levels of bond you can get to before you completely max out your bond. So it is a gradual story where you know you make choices depending on your dialogue and the you know whatever dialogue option you choose are worth more bonding points than the other. So to choose how far how long it takes you to get there, but it is a good story for every character solving something about themselves with the main character's help to, to to their max bond and then you know things happen with that so no it's it's great yeah i'm i'm i i love it so far i love it um and i'm looking forward to meeting more of the characters and seeing how the the character i, I don't know like how the character stories progress and then also like the overarching like mystery you know like and and how that all plays out so i i do remember i do vaguely recall bits and pieces from you know when we were talking about it on the on the episode about it but i mean not enough to i, I mean i don't know how everything's going to play out you know no i think enough time has passed yeah and the the, the persona games all sort of follow the same premise in that high school characters other dimension and they but they all tackle a problem in different ways and whatever the alternate dimension manifests in different ways so in golden it's you know the the tv world in three it's the midnight hour to where there's actually a 25th hour in every day but the whole world doesn't realize it's there because they all they all fall except unconscious. for Elon Musk except for Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon Musk he's the he's the only one who has access to it uh, <laughs> makes sense he's a big he's a big character in Persona 5 <laughs> <laughs> the Elon Musk <laughs> so but your characters can access that the world in that 25th hour so basically you have an hour every day where you can go but everything kind of looks the same, but it's like shadowy except one massive tower that reaches as tall as you can see. So the whole war, the whole game's 
alternate dimension is about climbing this tower to see what's up there. And then, of course, in Persona 5, it's finding these palaces, the alternate dimension where these people, different people, something has happened to them mentally to where their their personality and their issues and their struggles have manifested a huge palace that you have to go explore and break down in order to do something with them. So they, they, they take mm. a similar thread and do it creatively and differently enough that I love every, every persona game I've played three, four and five are all so great. I hear one and two are very different games. I want to play them eventually, but man, three, four and five are fantastic. I watched, I remember watching Lord Matt play, uh, one uh back in uh no i think when i visited him visited him once when i was in high school uh i'd go back and play that even i mean just because just because four is i don't know maybe my love of it will run out but i mean right now i mean it's it's like man this this rules (laughs) like this is this is great do you know if and i'll also say that i i love playing it on a hand on a handheld console, like like mm-hmm. on a portable console, I think I think that's great. Uh, I don't, I need to look to see if Persona Five is on Switch because like I don't know that I want to play. You know, I don't know that I want to play this on a TV. You know what I mean? It like, was an adjustment. Uh, this, it, I get it. Yeah, I get it a hundred percent. Because it is so nice. That's part of it, man. It's so nice to just like <laughs> lie on this air mattress and uh, and play and you just pop out the Vita and it's like the Vita looks great. The battery life on it is fantastic. I mean, it's just like it. I don't know. I, I, I wish I wish there was more out for the Vita. I know that's ridiculous to say in 2022. I feel like I'm echoing what you said, you know, five years ago. But like, um I don't know. It's it's a it's a great little system. Persona Five Strikers is on Switch, but it looked like it very nearly got a Switch release, but something happened with Atlas and Nintendo. So, uh, man, yep. that's I don't know what I'm gonna do. I need to figure out a way to play it on um, a hand a handheld console because <laughs> it's because I'm I'm I gotta be honest, man. I don't think as much as I like Persona Four. I don't think I would play it on a TV with my family around. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's not because it's in a it's not because it's inappropriate or anything. It's just because I feel like it's the kind of game that's boring unless you are the person engaging with it. Yeah, what are you doing, um, Dad? Cleaning up for soccer? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm making friends. <laughs> I'm gardening with my little sister. Right. <laughs> oh, are you? Uh, are you? Oh, Dad, did you volunteer to to hand make envelopes again? I did. I did. It's 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 raising my diligence. <laughs> Henry, come here. I'm gonna eat this big hamburger at this ramen shop. <laughs> it's the exciting part that we all like to watch in video games. Yeah. <laughs> so did you do but, it? Like, with nope. It I'll on- try again tomorrow. <laughs> With it being on the, uh, with what are you gonna do today, Dad? I don't know. Probably just I'll read a book on how to be an expert studier. <laughs> I'm staying in my room and studying. Finals are coming up, you know. <laughs> it's Golden Week. Are we gonna go to Juness or not? <laughs> you know that jingle, don't you? Sing it, son. 
Oh yeah, uh, it's it's a very popular song <laughs> in, with my grade. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That's a shame that it didn't come out. That Persona Five didn't come out on Switch. It's a yeah. real real shame. Yeah, because when I looked it up, everything say it was this close, and it didn't happen. Uh, it's also got me like curious about the. Um, because I've never played a Shin Megami Tensei uh, game either. And I know that that had, that five just came out on Switch, like, I guess last year. Mm-hmm. And I know that that is part of the, or I should say Persona is part of that universe. I played one of them and I really liked it, but I got to a, basically a soft lock to where I just was not strong enough to beat this one battle and... I'm save locked to where I just have to restart. Like I did the battle hundreds of times Ugh. and I'm just, I'm just not strong enough. I don't have, and the right, the right levels and the right, um, forget what they're called. They're not called personas in that game, but the, the demons that you have, mm-hmm. cause the one I played was everyone was in Japan, um, with the, with the, the DS being super popular. So everyone has a DS and there was like some weird cataclysmic event where demons were all over Tokyo, but people could control them with their DSs. So you're trying to, uh, you make friends and bonds as you try to survive and figure out what's going on. And then based on the decisions that you made, your final party and therefore ending is based on the, or based on those decisions. So you'll have, okay. they're like, that's cool. They're like four dramatically different parties and endings. Hmm. So I mean, I, I think I well, I end up I'll... buying. I bought. I own four and five, but I haven't touched them. I think it's three that I played for DS. I got four, haven't touched it, and bought five and haven't touched it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get to those. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I'll get done with four first. Like I said, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm like just barely. Ba- I can I'm barely into it, but I'm just taking it slow and. Uh, it's probably just going to be a game that I play while I, you know, yeah. While I play other games, you know, on the side kind of deal. Like I played, um, Demio last night. I don't know. Are you guys familiar with, with this game? Demio? It's like, a, it's a, it's like an RPG dungeon crawler. Um, but it is like miniature based. So it, um, it's like a four player co-op game. I played last night with, uh, Big Dick Pie Baker, Chris Vaughn, and Slim from Discord, um, and uh, and Aaron, and it's this. We all played in VR. It you don't have to play in VR. There's like a a, a desktop Windows version as well um, that that works cross platform. It's on it's on um, the Quest Store as well, and it's um, it's a cooperative adventure dungeon crawler where you each pick a class and then those classes have, um, abilities. It feels a lot like, um, I, I don't want to, I, I like hero quest, like hero quest is like the old, like board game. That's kind of like D and D like, um, to me, it feels like that a lot. Um, and they've got like three adventures out currently with like more on the way. Um, with like five character classes out with more on the way. 
Um, and there's like the card element to it as well. Like instead of gaining experience points, uh, you gain cards and like the cards have different abilities. Like one card could be like a healing potion. Another card could be like a class ability. Like, um, I was playing as an assassin and like the, one of the cards that I got was, uh, called coin flip. And it's like, you play the coin flip card and then like a coin appears and you grab it. Uh, with your little VR hand and then you throw it and then like, if it comes up, if it comes up heads, uh, you instantly kill whatever enemy, uh, you've targeted. And if it comes up, you know, tails and you do zero damage. Um, so it's, uh, it's cool. I like it. Mm. I, I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Um, it's a battery drain on the, on the Oculus for sure. Because like, we played for like a little over three hours last night and like I had to like plug my headset into the wall, you know, um, because it was, it was draining. And then eventually it, you know, it was draining faster than it could charge. So, um, I dropped, <laughs> I dropped before, uh, we could finish the, uh, finish the adventure. Hmm. Well, it sounds, but, I mean, it sounds like, good. Yeah, it's like 30 bucks. Uh so it's not even like a full like, you know, full AAA title by any means. Um I I'd, I'd recommend it, honestly. Um but I think it's important that you have people that you're that you can play it with. It definitely feels like one of those kinds of games because they had played previously with three people. Um and I think it might have just been uh that group of three and they mentioned that like how big of a difference it makes having a fourth person. So, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I need to, I need to get back in and do some stuff with the Oculus. I really have it since I bought it. It's just the girls have had it, but I do want to take that yeah, boxing I can, I, game. I go over to oh play man, with my dad. Thrill the fight. Yeah. I, he would love it. I, I told my dad about it and like knowing that he would love it too. Uh, he seemed really interested in it too. Although like he was over, maybe a month ago and it was hilarious because ring fit was kicking his ass. Um, <laughs> and like the very beginning of ring fit. And I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you look like you could do this. No problem. Why, why can you not? And I'm like, Oh yeah, you're, you're old. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you're old. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. Whatever my dad saw that I, that I had some gray hair. He was like, Oh, you got gray hair now. I was like, do you feel old knowing that your son has gray hair? And he just like stopped <laughs> and like slowly looked over to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good answer. That was the right response. Cause it sounds like he was trying to get a, a rise out of you. That was the best way to deal with that. So here's another thing, Dave, I think you, I think both of you, and I think you might enjoy this too, about the persona games that, color is a big part of the franchise as a whole so there will be each game has a thematic color to it and i can see yeah that's what the uh, you know the theme and the sort of the emotions that it plays into like let's see going down and looking at uh four persona four is represented by yellow it's the brightest motif they've mm -hmm. ever had for a persona Although four is a murder mystery, it covers topics like objectification of teen idols, workplace misogyny, and um, what the antagonist is accused of. 
So it uh, tries to be upbeat and optimistic of everything that goes on that's so dark around the character. Like, three is blue because a lot of the themes have to do with depression and melancholy. Two is associated with red because it uh, plays the nostalgia. I've never played two. But so everyone's speculating about what Persona 6 will be based on. And they've already, Atlas has said it's going to be based uh, on green. So it's just a little interesting thing. And then if you like, if you play four and then go and play three, there are two bridge games where the casts of three and four come together for Persona huh. Q and Persona Q two. Oh, okay. I've heard of I've heard the title Persona Q, but I, I didn't know exactly what that was. Is is are are those RPGs as well or are those different genres? It's it's very it's different. I've played Persona Q and I did really like it, but it's super different. You're not doing like the bonds and stuff like that. You get to see pick your party and you see very cool interactions between the two casts. But it is a, it's it's an Etrian Odyssey game, which I'd never played an Etrian Odyssey. Oh. So they're okay. dungeon mapping games. So you'll have these okay. massive, massive first-person dungeons. So you go through in first-person doing these puzzly dungeons. And when you get in a battle, then it goes to the Persona style. So then you have your cast that you pick, your party you pick from the two casts. And then it goes into a traditional persona battle. Okay, cool. That sounds neat. So it was, or, it was, cool. it was really cool to just to have more of those two parties because I missed everyone from Persona Four when I started playing Three. So it was awesome to see them again. Were these, uh, were these three DS games? Yes. Yeah, it makes sense because I know like Etrian Odyssey's on three DS and like having a having that second screen for a map. And like a first person dungeon crawler like that is like a a godsend. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that it was on <laughs> on the 3DS. Yeah, because you have to make notes and routes and kind of see what you're gonna do, where you're gonna go, and it was yeah, super interesting. Cool. I didn't finish it. It was it got super difficult, and I got busy, but I did like it. Um, well, all of this kind of ties into something I like. I've been reading. Um. I started reading a guide to Japanese role-playing games uh, by Kurt Kalata. Uh, he's the founder of Hardcore Gaming 101. And it's like a book that um, like kind of – it's pretty recent. And it's it's pretty it's, it's pretty amazing. It's a huge book. It's like 650 pages. Um, and it covers like the entire history of Japanese role-playing games from like 1982 to 2020. Um and I'm like about 80 pages into it. And uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. And it's like, you know, they go over like, or he's going over like um, PC uh, Japanese role-playing games as well, you know? So it's like, I, I'm, I'm learning about games that like I'd never even heard of. Um, and like some of them got like ports uh, to Super Famicom and, and Famicom and stuff like that. Like Emerald Dragon, um and uh la place noma which is like i think snestrunk did a video on that on that one where it is like this lovecraftian uh horror role-playing game on the super famicom um that looks really neat 
so there's there's some cool stuff out there. Um, I've really been enjoying that book. It, it, it's great. Uh, if anybody's looking for something to read, um, highly recommend. No, that does sound good. Well, you guys want to do uh, do what I had an idea for since we were looking for an idea for the episode? Sure. Yeah. What? Uh, what? What is the idea again? All right. uh, of course, I know what it is, but yeah. in case somebody doesn't, so cause we <laughs> talked about like, well, because you had a good point, uh, Dave, the other day when you're like, well, let's talk about our top five NES. Well, how can we do it where it's not sixty percent Mario games? Which you're right, right it probably wouldn't end up being. So I know that we haven't fucked with the randomizer in a while. So I was like, well, let's go scratch that and weaken that seal and pull just enough randomizer out. Uh, because I enjoyed, really enjoyed us taking, you know, our favorite, you know, taking our top five favorite video game characters because they were all very different and kind of discussing why they were our favorite, talking about our favorite things. So the rabbit hole that I fell down because I just pulled up Wikipedia. And so I start with what's on the Wikipedia's front page and find a way to turn that into a question for us to discuss, like what's your favorite X, Y, you know, X, Y, Z based on what I see, click on that, find whatever link looks interesting in that page, click on that. And every page I fall down further in Wikipedia that is more and more random uh, and a wildly different topic gets us a wildly different question to discuss. Because I think everybody's, you know, they like the games, they like the the role playing, but I think they also just like it when we shoot the shit, talk about us, they get to know our opinions and what we, you know, some things we like, and it, it spurs good discussion, like in other groups. So. We'll so, find out. Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but I mean, I like it. So I mean, this this is like a Wikipedia champagne fountain. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah. I when I pulled up Wikipedia, I was like, okay, what's today's featured article? Well, it's about uh, uh, a man named genocide. You're, you're close. <laughs> Let's have a witty discussion. <laughs> oh no. Edward Frankel. All right, guys, what's your favorite genocide? <laughs> uh, he was a German classical scholar who was um, assimilated into a family of Jews in, in Germany, and then he left in 1934 whenever there was anti-Semitic legislation. So I click on his article, and based, you know, from there, it's like, okay, well, most prominent thing on this that catches my attention, the Nazi Party. So, All right, levity. Finally, <laughs> finally, finally some funny. levity in this podcast. So what? what is everybody's move, favorite movie where the Nazis are the enemy? I got the, I got this one. Uh, I, I can guess what Ian's is. Uh, it's, it's one of three movies. Well, <laughs> all right, what's your first guess? And then I get to say, uh, uh, I'll say if you're right. Uh, Raiders. I was going to say Last Crusade, but Raiders is, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can't decide. Well, you're both wrong. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. Ah, uh, see, that's mine. Uh, that's mine. Love that movie. Watched it just the other day, actually. Uh, really dig it. My favorite scene. First of all, Brad Pitt is uh, Chef's Kiss in that movie. <laughs> Lieutenant uh-huh. Aldo Rain. Uh, 
he uh, – my favorite scene in the movie is the bar scene uh, where they're in the basement. Yeah. And uh-huh. the dude makes a – I'm not going to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it. The dude makes a terrible mistake. He's pretending to be German. He's pretending to be a German soldier, and he's trying to play it off to this other German soldier who's actually a German soldier and is being all up in his face. And he pulls it off until he makes one fatal mistake, and the whole thing goes to shit. Great wow, movie. And I, I think also just because you know Quentin Tarantino has, done, has now done twice uh, two movies, which I find wonderful because they – this one and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah, where yeah, they yeah. rewrite. He rewrites the history. Revisionist history. It's revisionist history in a good way. You know, uh, the thing that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is centered around uh, ends differently than it does in real life, and that's what happens here. Uh, and I, I love it. I love the movie. I think. Um, oh my God! Now I feel horrible for not remembering his name the other guy that was in this that i love uh christoph christoph waltz um brilliant in this movie he was also in django unchained which is another excellent quentin tarantino movie for anyone who hasn't seen it um just all around that's my favorite movie where the nazis are the bad guys I read the other day that Quentin Tarantino almost scrapped that movie because he couldn't find someone to be the villain until, like, on the last day when he was about to give up, Christoph Waltz came in. Oh. I almost said waltzed in. Waltz. <laughs> it could be. It was hey, like, this guy. I like that. All right, the movie's on. When Waltz waltzed in. <laughs> um, well, they couldn't have gotten someone better. I mean, really. Oh, yeah, That, that was uh, kismet, as they say. Dave, what about you? Uh, I mean, I had to like really think because you know the <laughs> I, I don't I can't name a lot of movies that I've watched that have like Nazis in them. I guess, which is weird, right? Because it seems like there's got to be a billion of them, but like I just none like really le- leapt to my mind except for Inglorious Bastards, of course, um, and then a few Indiana Jones movies, uh, but I'm going to go with Hellboy uh, from 2004. All right, there you go. There you That's go. good. That's good. Because I love that movie. Uh, and I love that. Um, I, I, I love that. Uh, the, the, the villain in that movie with like the, with the, I can't remember his name, but he's wearing the gas mask and he's essentially got the Baraka uh, <laughs> knife hands. And Gosh, uh, it's been so long. Since uh, I saw yeah. That. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it too. Um, I got to rewatch that. Man, so good though. You're right. And I also thought about you know Captain America: The First Avenger because I did really enjoy yeah. that too. That's a that's a good example. Yes, because it's like a it's like somehow um, you know the Red Skulls branch off of the Nazi, uh, you know the Nazi mm-hmm. uh, party or whatever is worse. <laughs> yeah. Hydra, Hydra's even worse. Yeah, Hydra makes somehow manages to be worse than Hitler <laughs> and, and the Nazis. So, so from from the the Nazi Party Wikipedia, which let me hit forward so I can watch my rabbit hole, and I was scroll, scrolling through that. I was like, "What stands out to me?" Okay, something called the Brown House. So I click on the Brown House, 
And that turns out that is a big mansion in Munich that was the party headquarters for the Nazis. I was like, well, from from there, um, I hit Munich. Munich is known for its beer and breweries. So what is everyone's favorite beer? Well, I'm pretty easy on that front. I, I do have a couple. Um, it depends on the mood, really, for me, uh, or the season, even. My general go-to all-around drink-it-pretty-much-any-time beer um, is Miller Lite. I like it the most. Um, it's just a good everyday. It's very refreshing. It's not too heavy, you know, that kind of thing. But on the complete opposites of that spectrum, uh, I love Guinness. I think that's a really good dark beer. Um, and I will, I will tend to gravitate towards that more in the winter months. Because I, I, I'm not a beer drinker. I mean, I've tried various beers. They all just sort of taste like ashtray water to me. <laughs> the only one that I tried, it was like, okay, this tastes different enough, and I don't totally hate it. I agree, Was uh, is also Guinness. That's the only one I've ever had that, okay, that's different. And then I was surprised the other night, Dave, when you were hanging out, like I haven't seen Melissa have a beer probably, well, I mean, once, once in my entire life. So for her to have multiple of uh, of what you had the other day was was surprising. So that must have been must have been good. Oh, the Yingling, yeah, that's really good too. I will yeah, I will I'm, go to that if I will. I, that is an excellent substitute for me for the Miller Lite. If for some reason I'm not feeling like Miller Lite, but Guinness is not a, an option for me, uh, Yingling is the way to go for sure. We're able to get it in Kentucky now for the longest time. That was like a um, a treat for me when uh, we would go to Dragon Con because you could get it in Atlanta. You could get it in Georgia, uh, but there were no distributors here in Kentucky. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Uh, I, which, yeah, and like we just recently, I'd say recently, we got it like, I don't know, I'd say within the last four years, something like mm-hmm. that. I was really excited when they came here. I think Yingling is like, I think it's the best domestic beer uh i like uh i'm yeah i just think it's uh, to me i think it, it's my favorite america's oldest brewery it's the best yeah i think they're like are they philadelphia i think they might be i'm not sure um, i also like they're not my favorite though they're not like my, my favorite of all time beer i i do like a guinness i like a i like it i do like a stout uh i like oatmeal stouts um I don't like a lot of um, like I don't like coffee stouts or any. I, I don't really go for any of that. I don't really like IPAs either. I'm not like a huge beer guy. Like I'm really not. Um, I, I do I do like to drink beer, but I'm not like I don't know like super super into it. Like I know a lot of people are. I like Newcastle. I like Newcastle Brown Ale. I think that's good. Um, I like. I, I guess my favorite might be I, I love a Kolsch. Uh, I like Schlafly. Schlafly's, Schlafly's like a, a local-ish yeah. brewery, uh, and I like Schlafly's uh, Kolsch. Uh, it's pretty rare that I'm able to find a Kolsch, so whenever I do, I kind of uh, I kind of jump on that. I used to we used to go to the Big Muddy Brew Fest, um, which is in Illinois. It's about two or three hours up from he, up from here, um, and they have it usually in the 
I want to say it's in the late summer. And it's just like the brew fest we have here, the Oktoberfest, where they'll set up a bunch of booths and you go and you pay to get in and you get to have sample every beer at whatever. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm just not, you know, I'm pretty picky. Or it's not that I'm picky, it's that I'm pretty indifferent most of the time. You know, like I don't have a taste for beer. I like beer, but I don't like care that it's brewed with this or made that way. You know, if it tastes like shit, I won't drink it. And if I like the way it tastes, I will, you know. Uh, So those kinds of things, those kind of like beer fests and stuff are always sort of lost on me. But I do like going because friends go and we can hang out and that's always nice. So. So then from uh, from the Munich Wikipedia, the first thing that catch my eye was Oktoberfest. So I'm in the Oktoberfest wiki, looking it over, and I zone in on the toilet and trash section of the Oktoberfest wiki, <laughs> where I discover that the lines. Of course you did. Yeah, <laughs> that's of course that's where. Yeah. It's, of course that's where the mind is going to wander. <laughs> I was thinking about dirndls, and you're thinking about. Uh, Pee-pee poo-poo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, the lines for the toilets for Oktoberfest were getting so long and so bad that they that they <laughs> they had to do something about it. So people were spending too much time on their phones in the toilets that were making oh God. the lines longer. So their initial decision was to build Faraday cages around all the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> then you sit in there for Excuse ten minutes me. and be like, "I can't get signal." <laughs> is this is this the line for the toilet, or is this the line for the the <laughs> toilet where I play on my phone? <laughs> they said like a lot of people would either just want a, a relaxing, quiet space to be on their phone, or they would just. Be on there playing whatever go game home. and then just sit there for too long. So yeah, go home and see. Do I don't that. understand that at all because my goal when there's a portable toilet that is the only option for going to the bathroom is to get the fuck out of there as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. So those things are yeah. fucking nasty. Yeah. Well, maybe theirs were too nice. Well, maybe that was maybe the problem. So. <laughs> maybe they need like mid-July Murfreesboro, Tennessee Renaissance Fair, like that. Well, to that of, end, uh, porta potties. Yeah, to that end, you know, Paducah has these like really nice porta potties that they'll truck out for like barbecue on the river, and they're like in a trailer, and there's like three bathrooms, mm, and they're yeah. like really clean, and they're cleaned every so often. You know, every hour and then there's like sinks and stuff on the outside that you can wash your hands so and that's the case i could see how people would be because they're like actual toilets in them uh not just like shitholes you know what i mean uh right right but uh i could see how people might if they're if they're like that i could see how people might find themselves spending too much time in there and making people wait so because they have the faraday cages turned to be too expensive and the cell phone jammers were illegal, so what they would do is pipe even louder music into the bathrooms. Ah, so make eliminating it the Yep. So that worked. So then that made me ask, what is your at home, what is your toilet phone activity? Uh for me it's either I'm watching like 
Netflix or something or um, scrolling through Reddit. Dave? Uh, I usually study Japanese on the toilet. That's like a really good, like, nice little quiet time. So um, I still do that. I still, I poop daily. So I also study Japanese daily. Are you using Duolingo for that? I can. Uh, well, I'm using a bunch of stuff. Uh, I can get into that. <laughs> I can get into it. If well, you I had, I yeah, had done I'm some research du- on it and found that people say that Duolingo is not great because it doesn't focus enough on speaking. And then you've got rocket Japanese and Japanese pod, but they're real expensive. And I was just curious what you're, what you were doing with that. So, um, my philosophy is that I don't want to learn from one single source um, because I feel like there's no one perfect source. Um, I also have, I also try to keep realistic expectations of what I can actually learn on my own. Um, so I'm like a year in, like I just hit a year of studying um, and I do it every day. Uh, I try to do at least 20 minutes a day, sometimes an hour. There have been times like during the, I mean, during lockdown and all that, um, when I was working from home, I should say, where, I mean, I, I would, I would study even more than that, but I guess my point is I'm not as far along as I would like to be after a year under my belt, but, um, I'm still doing it. It's, um, and, and that's, that's all that really matters. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. Um, and yeah, I'm still enjoying it. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a thing. I don't know if I ever told you guys why I started doing it. Um, Henry had, he started to have, he, uh, in kindergarten, he would have to do homework and part of his homework was he would have to learn sight words. So, uh, I told him that, uh, that I would learn some sight words too, but since I already know English, um, that I would learn them in a language that I, that I don't know. And, you know, I watch anime and I play Japanese video games. And, uh, honestly, like one of my big goals through like learning the language is I want to be able to play some old Japanese retro video games and I want to be able to read it. I want to be able to, to, to read the game or at least get the gist of the game, um, and play stuff that like, that I normally wouldn't be able to play. Are you um, focusing so anyway, more on the reading or are you learning to trying to learn to understand and speak or a little bit of everything? Uh, I'm trying to a little bit of everything, but a focus on reading. So uh, I am using Duolingo. Uh, I'm also using a site called uh, Wani Kani for uh, kanji. I'm using that to study kanji. I learned hiragana and katakana on um, a site called Tofugo. Uh, and Tofugo is um, like you can learn hiragana and katakana for free. Uh, they've got these like really good mnemonic devices. Um, and then I've got, um, there are like free like flashcard apps that you can download for hiragana and katakana. Um, and I've used those. Like when I was flying to Vegas and didn't have like, phone service. I just did like, just for giggles. I just did Katakana and Hiragana flashcards for an hour. I mean, um, and then I, uh, use Boon Pro for grammar and Boon Pro is really cool because it, um, 
kind of aggregates a lot of different sources. So um, it'll ask you if you're learning, if you want to learn through textbooks or if you want to learn through like online resources. And um, I thought about going the textbook route, but like the problem with like a lot of the textbooks is that they're really, they really are made for like a, a classroom setting and requires a teacher to like, you know, <laughs> check right, right. And stuff like that. And it's like, I, I don't think that's going to work for me. So I went the online route and they do like, they, there's like, um, Thai Kim, uh, is a site online that has like a lot of Japanese grammar stuff. Uh, there's a lot of like really good Japanese YouTube, uh, channels, uh, Japanese ammo with uh, with Misa is really good. Uh, Dogen is really good for like uh, pronunciation and stuff like that. Um, Yuta Yuta is really good. He's this um, he's this Japanese guy um, who uh, teaches Japanese and he kind of does it through like um, anime references and stuff like that. Okay. So um, I, I try to use a whole bunch of different so, stuff. Look, Tyler, uh, you got every single one of those things he just said for the show notes, right? Absolutely. Okay. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, I can send them to you if you're, if you want. Um, it's uh, I mean, I don't know if it, it, it kind of feels like I remember trying to like, I remember like getting the Rosetta Stone, like Japanese yeah. <laughs> CDs or whatever, and like the early 2000s and feeling like this is impossible. But like now I feel like it's way easier to like at least yeah. have resources because it's like back then I didn't feel like there were enough resources. Now it feels like, okay, there are so many resources. I just need to figure out which ones are, you know, going to be the most effective for me. Okay. Tyler, what but, about you? Yeah. What do you do on the toilet? Most of the time it's TikTok. I do a little bit of TikTok I, as well. I actually I left that one out of mine. So TikTok the most, but I do enjoy uh it's an old ass phone game that's had tons of, of recreations called Alchemy. So Alchemy is just they have it's kind of a it's a simple puzzle game to where they give you it starts with just a bunch of like elements. You combine the elements and it gives you something else. Combine like, you know, water and fire and you get steam. Combine earth and water, you get mud. Combine like steam and mud and you get something else. And you build and build and build and then keep combining these different products that you eventually get up to you're building robots and spaceships and stuff mm. like that. You're picking from all these various elements that you just smash together. Huh. It's always fun to try and figure out what the logic is to, to get to the next thing. I may have to try that one. So it's a fun little, you know, two minute, two minute thing. You just turn on, turn off. And you know, maintains your progress and whatever elements are on the board that you move around and combine together. So from uh, the toilet and trash wiki of Oktoberfest, I clicked on the Faraday cage, and I'm looking over the Faraday cage wiki, and at the bottom there's a footnote talking about physicist Kevin Evans. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm doll back. It's Kevin Kevins. I believe is what that is. <laughs> Physicist Austin Kevin Richards Kevin? <laughs> created a Faraday suit 
that he calls <laughs> Dr. Megabolt, and it can repel Tesla coil blasts. And he uses it as a performance piece at Burning Man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, it's that took me to the Burning Man wiki. So what? what's your favorite event that you've ever attended? Well, I've never been to, like, a music festival. I had a chance to go to one, um, it, but it, it was the year that the pandemic started. It was, uh, I think it was called Louder Than Life, and Metallica was going to be playing all three nights in addition to, you know, all these other really great bands. And uh, we, of course, didn't get to go because they canceled it from the pandemic and all that. Um, they took a break from suing everybody to to play music. It's pretty nice. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Honestly, the closest I've ever come to doing anything – I mean, I've been to concerts and stuff. But the closest I've ever come to any sort of, like, event uh, is, is prom, is the Louisville Arcade Expo. Mm. And that's always my favorite time of the year when we can actually do it. Um You've been to some awesome concerts, though. I've been to a few. I've been to Guns N' Roses, Metallica. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the others now, but I have. I, I I still think though my favorite like activity that I've done uh, as far as like going to an event is uh, the Arcade Expo. No, yeah, I love the Expo and Dragon Con. Uh, I loved seeing the Comedians of Comedy back when they when they came out, seeing Patton Oswalt and Brian Posehn and Maria Bamford. Uh, I love that I got to see Mitch Hedberg before he died, seeing nice. Mitch Hedberg at Zanies, because Dave and I did that. Oh, That's yeah, always yeah. going to be a favorite thing forever. Yeah. Uh, when Melissa and I went to Zanies and saw um, Nikki Glaser, Nikki Glaser, her set was fantastic uh so it's 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 hard to choose from one of those Def- definitely definitely all of those what about you dave i got covid from that chris rock show oh yeah so, i mean <laughs> chris rock gave dave that, covid i got hashtag <laughs> i got that going for me i, I think the hashtag goes first <laughs> otherwise it's algebra i think i'm not positive <laughs> Um, I don't know. That was like, honestly, going to that was a big deal because I don't really do a good job of, uh, doing a lot of experiences, uh, for myself. Like, I mean, that's like a, that's a criticism. That's like a self-criticism that I, like, I think about that often because like, especially since Henry is born, cause it's like, we haven't been on a family vacation, like since that kid is born uh some of that has to do with the pandemic and but some of it's also like i went on so many of those as a kid and i mean i'm glad that i went on those on one hand but on the other hand like i remember being like kind of miserable um from like all that traveling and like i don't know my i love my mom very much but she's a activity oriented woman uh and i and so like anytime like i feel like we could never go somewhere and just relax it was like all right we're going to st um, louis here's the here's the agenda this is what, <laughs> these are all the things that we're doing and if we don't do all of it i'm going to be upset about it and she wouldn't say that you but like tell. you know you witness yeah. 
Yeah, you witness you witness this stuff as a child, and it's like shit. We're, if if one of these things doesn't go right, um, she's not going to be like angry, but she's going to be sad, which is worse. Uh, so, or maybe it's not worse. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it's like you know, it's kind of one of those things. So we, I don't. If I have money, I'm usually like I'm going to buy a thing. Yeah. As opposed to I'm going to, I'm going to do a thing. So like going to that Chris Rock concert or that show and getting COVID was like a really big, that was a really big, I'm going to do yeah, this right. thing yeah, right? yeah. kind of thing for me. No, absolutely. Um, you, you bringing up the, the, your mother being very itinerary based. I get that because my dad was that way and he'd take us to Disney world or he'd take us here, there and everywhere. We always had to. Clark Griswold that, you know, we want to make sure we get the most out of every <laughs> yep. moment. And then Tanya and I, when we got, sorry, sir, we're closed. The moose out front should have told, told you. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, we got, uh, Tanya and I went to Disney world together and it was about, it's been a while. I think it was the year we got married again. Um, we went to Disney and we got this package deal where we were there for like, six days and Damn. we made the mistake of trying to do as much as we could, you know, and, uh, planning mm-hmm. ahead. So every night we'd come back from the park and we'd be exhausted and we'd be like worn out, but we'd still be like, okay, what are we going to do tomorrow? We haven't seen this. We haven't done that. And we look, we both look back on that now and think, God, why didn't we just relax? You know, why yeah. didn't we just relax? Who gives a shit if we didn't ride every roller coaster and do everything there was to do? Uh, so I'm with you on that. I, I, at this point, really don't care all that much about traveling. I'd rather just buy stuff and stay home. Yeah. Well, like you talking, like you you mentioning that just reminds me that like some like a lot of times when we go to Dragon Con, Nikki would feel like she would kind of get like a little bit of flack because like she would sleep in a lot yeah. and like, Oh yeah. Absolutely. Just, like, and like not go to a lot of things and just like go, you know, like just kind of chill and hang out. And it's like that not everybody dragon cons the same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of people who are like, I'm going to cosplay. I'm going to this panel. I'm going to, you know, this and this and this. And it's like, everybody's, everybody's different. And it's, and especially like for us, like at my last job, like I got very little vacation time. So, I mean, it's like, this is, this is my vacation, right? <laughs> you know? And it's like, man, if I'm just running myself ragged for, for like a week, yep. forget about it. I'm not, I, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm not going to feel rejuvenated by the end of this. I'm going to feel exhausted. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm going to be sad because it's like, I don't have any more, I don't have any vacation time left to like recover from nope. this. I know that's why it's like, I'm, well, I'm, I'm with Nikki. I wanted to, I'm going to sleep in, I'm going to get up. I'm probably going to play six different two hour D and D games, eat at the mall right. and I'll see whoever I see if whatever you want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'd also say, like, that's where Melissa has been so wonderful for me. Because one, I love our, whenever we can still do it, our annual anniversary theme park trip where we'll go just her and I to a theme park and it's usually close enough to Halloween that it'll be, you know, pay extra to do the Halloween theme stuff in the evening. That's always an amazing, uh, you know, 
day or two of the year that we can try and do. But she likes doing the experience things. Me growing up, that was that was not my parents' MO at all. My parents are both one hundred percent homebodies. So yeah. getting out to ever do anything was a super rarity. Like Well, that makes me feel better because like you turned out you've turned out pretty great. And it's like that gives me hope that like we're not like I got to be quiet because he might be listening. But it gives me hope that we're not totally screwing Henry up by like being homebodies. Well, it just made me not like that whole like going out and doing things just wasn't a part of my brain. So like to the point that like Melissa's like, let's take the kids to the park. And I was like, the park, is that really a thing? Is that a thing people do? Yeah. Yeah. There are parks we go to and they play on the thing. Okay, I never did that as a kid. There was a noble park. I, I just thought that was the thing we might do later, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I never asked to go to the park or my parents. Like, I remember going to Noble Park for, like, a family reunion. And that was, like, it. So, like, we did nothing ever. That's why, you know, I think video games are a big part of my life because – Nothing. And I think there's there's a good equilibrium to to meet with that. So I'm glad she's made that. It's still not at all something that comes naturally to me. But I'm glad she's at least showed me the like, yeah, kids like the park. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The park's pretty easy too, honestly. Like it's it, as long as like especially if it's like a solo venture, it's really, it can be really nice. Cause like sometimes, you know, Nikki will be tired or something or like, she's just been like really busy or something. And it's like, I'm going to take Henry to the park. You take a nap. We'll be gone for like three hours or take a nap, do whatever you want. We'll be back in like three hours. We'll, you know, he'll be fed and everything. So like, um, and it, sometimes it's really nice to just go to the park and be like, okay, we're at the park. Go play. I'm going to sit on the grass. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and that's, and that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to sit on the grass. I'm going to watch you play. Uh, I'm just going to like people watch uh, and I'm going to drink like some water. <laughs> I'm going to drink out of this brown, just- plastic, brown paper bag <laughs> while you run around. You get real tired. Right. I'll feed you a cheeseburger. You go to bed. I'm going to fuck your mom. It's a good day. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you actually nailed it except for the brown paper bag. Uh, the police can arrest me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So I went from, well, I guess I should also say like, I do feel like the times that we are raising kids in, it's a very different reality from when we were, you know, when we were brought up because now it's like having both parents having to work full-time jobs. Like there's also not, Mm -hmm. there's not time and funds to, to be going out and doing things like, I know a lot of families did when we were younger. Like it's just not also not an option. Yeah, it's no, you're right. I mean, it's wild. And it like, honestly, like I struggle with this like a lot. I think about this a lot, but it's like Nikki and I go to work in the morning. Henry gets dropped off at school early um, for the before school program so that we can make it to work on time. Um, 
he goes to the after school program so that he can then be picked up later because we're both working. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then like we get home and then we, there's two hours, (laughs) like there's this two hour window where it's like, we eat, we spend a little bit of time with each other. And then like, he's got to start getting ready for bed. And it's like, man, this is, this is insane that this is what we do every weekday. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just it's it's not anybody's fault, you know. It's not mm-hmm. any well, it's not the fault of anybody that's having to live in it. But yeah, no, it, it makes me feel bad for that kind of thing too. Like, but it's just I don't know. It's just the reality. So I also it's, can't feel bad that we don't take a big family vacation every year because it's just also yeah. not not a thing that's in the cards right now. You're just doing what you can do. Yep. Yeah. I get, yeah, I, I, I get that. But you're right, man. It is so weird. Cause like, I remember like, I remember being a kid and like coming home and feeling like, wow, I have like hours before bed, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I could, it's, it's, I literally have like five hours before I even need to like think about getting in bed. Um, Yep, get off the I bus. Know, I guess we're fortunate. Get off the bus, run in. Mom's there. She doesn't work. So uh-huh. she's got my squeeze it and some bagel bites. And I eat that. I watch Wienerville. And then I play Mega Man <laughs> X for a little while. And then, yeah. Dad yeah. comes home. I make him watch Are You Afraid of the Dark with me. He gets mad I'm watching this. <laughs> Says I can't watch it anymore. And I go to bed. <laughs> 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 oh man yeah it's it's i don't know i but i on the other hand i think it's really like we're really fortunate that there are like school programs and stuff and like mm-hmm. i feel like they're good programs too and i feel like henry goes to a good school and like so i mean all of that helps you know and it's it's like he's probably i mean he might not be getting as much family time as a as as i feel like he that I would like to provi- provide him, but like, at, I don't know. But then again, like I would come home and just wa- like you said, I would watch TV and eat um, fruit snacks. And like, it's not like I was like bonding with my parents, yep. you know, it was very much like, okay, I'm going to, th- these are, I'm going to watch Nickelodeon until head of the class comes on. And then I'm going to watch that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so even then dad's like, let's go out in this hot field and fish. And Bond is like, how about Weederville and Kool-Aid, Dad? Why don't you watch Weederville with me? We won't have to pick ticks off our legs after an hour of Weederville. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> wait, wait till Weederville 2.0. That's when the ticks come in. Let's see. So I went from the Burning Man wiki to... Uh, uh, it was talking about how it was conceived and artist Kevin Evans wanted to burn an effigy at Burning Man. He called Burning Man an a Dadaist contemporary autonomous zone. So that led me to the Dadaist wiki. Mm-hmm. So being there, um, and you guys both being graphic design uh, people, what's your favorite art movement or, or type of art? Uh, for me, Impressionist. Uh, Van Gogh, you know, that kind of stuff. It was always, that was always my favorite, um, time period. 
And if I if I had my wits about me, I could probably come up with a lot more examples of that. But uh, I've I've been wanting to go. They have this like 3D virtual Van Gogh museum thing that they've been rolling through the country, and it's like this. Oh, Bliss and the girls went. They fucking loved it. Okay, see, we were gonna go, and we noped out at the last moment on the whole on the same. Um, the same concept of, well, we shouldn't spend that money. We could go buy stuff instead. <laughs> but, um, we want to, I wanted to go see that real bad because it's like this immersive thing where you're essentially inside Van Gogh's paintings and stuff. And yeah, it, that, but that, to answer your question, that's my favorite time period. Dave? Um, I mean, for me, it is. For me, it is the Dada movement. Uh, I I I love that movement so much. I think it is so absolutely fucking punk rock, um, especially for like the early 1900s. Uh, it's I I I love it. I love it that it's just kind of like anti art, and I think I think it's I love things that like expose, um, I guess, um, corruption and institutions and for that reason i also like deconstructive deconstructionism as well um but like in dadaism i love that it is like we're just making art sometimes just to just to be weird and make people mad well and that was um, the whole thing like, we, we were in my art history classes they told they taught us that you know the whole point behind that was to kind of insult and and offend because it's like the whole idea of I could put a turd on a pedestal and it would be considered art, you right? Know, that kind right. of thing. And then they do that, or because because it's like the, literally, it's like here is a here is a toilet. I put it in a museum. Don't you like my art? Right. I think that and is what, so. What was funny is, is people didn't understand it. the concept. The people that weren't in the know didn't really understand the concept that. We're fucking with you. <laughs> you know, they were know. rolling their and eyes like, oh better. my God, that's not <laughs> art. And the guy's like, yeah, I know. That's the point, you idiot. That's the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I love, I love it. I think that's, that's by far like my favorite, my favorite movement. I, I also like, I don't know. It, it kind of like, I mean, I like that it exposes that, you know, art, is a very personal thing. And it's like, just because something is in a, is, is in a museum doesn't mean that it is good art. Right. Um, you know, it, it, that really doesn't matter. All that means is that, you know, a certain type of person, like a curator has determined that this is art and it belongs in a museum. Um, I think that's that's to me like that's my favorite thing about that movement is that it's like I, I don't know it just exposes that and, and that art's a very personal thing and uh, everybody has different tastes and just because it doesn't kind of conform one way or another doesn't mean that it's necessarily good or bad I mean that's eh, I, lo- I love that that movement. yeah I have like a particular I do like the art and i don't know if it has a specific sort of um classification but like the art from the 50s like the 40s and the 50s 
Mm. Um, especially I wrote my art history. Um, we had to write a, and like, I want to say an essay, but our final paper in art history in my college class. And it was like the last thing I had to complete before I graduated, uh, was this paper. And I wrote mine on a painting by Edward Hopper called Nighthawks, which is yeah. a famous painting of the scene outside the diner at night. And you can see the guy in the fedora sitting at the counter and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the woman in the red dress and, that that has always been one of my favorite paintings because of one of my my favorite like time to be out and about especially in a big city is at night um the air's cooler it's you know it's dark but there's light coming from all around from the buildings and from the windows and stuff like that and i feel like that could have been something I would have painted had I seen it just because that painting captures that moment for me, uh, really perfectly. And all that art and like even the stuff that's like the pinup calendars and, you know, the old, uh, especially in like advertisements from the forties and the fifties, I love looking at the art for those old ads and those old labels and old commercials and magazine ads and stuff. Um, that kind of stuff is really, really uh, cool to me as well. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, all of that, like, uh, like American uh, modern art, uh, I think is uh, is is really interesting. Nighthawks, in particular, of course, it's like super, super famous. And like, um, I also like when I was in Vegas, I really wanted to go to Omega Mart. Oh God, oh, I, I want to go Fuck there yes. so fucking bad. I didn't know about it until Zalnot mentioned it on Discord. My God, and like so cool. I looked into it and I was like, oh God, I want to go. But the problem was that I was really tired. And like, so it kind of boiled down to like, I can do one thing. I can like go get COVID at a Chris Rock show <laughs> or I can go to Omega Mart. Uh, and you know, the Coliseum is, I can literally walk to that, but I'm going to have to like, there are logistics oh, in going yeah. to Omega Mart. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I wish, I wish that I would have made, I don't know. It was impossible for me to make time to go do it, but I, I wish it would have been possible for me to yeah, go. Yeah. If we ever go back uh, to Vegas, I'm, de- I'm definitely going there because I keep seeing it on TikTok, and I'm just like, oh my God, I need to see this in person. So a few, few things I want to Yeah. A few things I want to say. First thing. So if, and Dave, I think, I think this year since, you and I met when I was 18. So this year is like our, our 20th year of friendship in the, in the 20 oh, years. Happy, <laughs> yeah. Happy, happy friendship anniversary. <laughs> in the, in the 20 years that we have been friends, I think the biggest sort of puzzle piece that clicked into place for me getting to know you was when you told me about the dot Dadaism being your favorite, favorite art movement. And you telling me about that and me looking up and learning about it, that is when like understanding like your sense of humor clicked with me. Mm. Then I then oh I get it. Mm. So like the yeah, I get to do that. sort of the the your love for the for absurdity and contradictory ideas and all that, like, okay, all right, 
I, I, I get it. I, I get it now. And I feel like that is, I feel like that also helped the show in that, you know, I, I know how to build our humor together once, once you told me that. Uh, so that's always, that's always been a, a forefront, uh, uh, core memory for me is what, whatever us talking about that. Um, the other, and I, again, I'm not a formal art person like, like both of you guys. So I may not even be answering my own questions correctly, but when it comes to just like art style and things, I knew what I liked for most of my life, but I had no idea how to quantify it. I would just see some expression of be like, Oh, I love that. I don't know what it's called. I don't know how to find more, but that that's awesome. I want more of that. I want to have a house with stuff like that in it. See, no idea what it was. That to me is hentai. It's, it's, it's pure <laughs> <laughs> because the fact that, you know, the different periods, the different art periods exist and we study them and that we can classify and quantify and do all that is fine. And it's all well and good. And I realize it's inevitable. But at the end of the day, what really matters is when you look at something, if it evokes an emotion that makes you feel good, or if you want to see this and it makes you sad, but you're okay with that, that's good. And it doesn't really matter what it is or where it came from or who did it, unless you're interested in knowing more. Otherwise, if you look at a thing and you say, this is beautiful, I love this, I don't know why I like it, but I like it, that's all that matters, and that's what it that's what it should be. You know, you shouldn't like something. And again, that's goes right up the alley of Dadaism. It's if you, you mm-hmm. uh, if you like it, that's okay, but you don't have to like it just because it's called art. You know, I went, we went to the Louvre uh, and made through as much of it as we can. The Louvre is bigger than you can imagine. If you haven't been there, it's like you can't. They say if you stopped and looked at each piece of art for a minute, for one minute, you'd be in there for six months. Um, but there's some garbage. Damn. There's some garbage hanging in the Louvre. Some stuff I see that it's like I get it, but it's ugly. Or why is this a, was this such a huge deal? And I, you know, in some cases, it's, there's a very interesting story behind it. But more often than not, I was just like, eh, and moved on. You know, uh, the Mona Lisa. Don't really get it. Uh, it's it's about the size of a 24 inch television, you know, <laughs> uh, and it's behind this like six inch plexiglass. I understand its importance because I've studied it in art school, but I really don't care for it. I don't think it's this yeah. thing that I love looking at. I have to look at it and say, well, that's important. And that's about all I can say yeah. about it, you know. So the mm. fact that you can look at something and say, I love it. I don't know why, but I love it. That's totally fine, and I love that about you. I love that that's not something that, you know, you have – that you were ever trained to think about. Because even before my father was into it all, and that's why I went the track that I did because of his love for art. And not to shit on his knowledge of it or his appreci- his particular appreciation for it, but I would rather have been in a situation where I could go, man, I like that. And not have to try to understand why mm-hmm. it is what it is or why I like it. You know, when when the artist tries to – or someone else, I shouldn't say the artist, but when someone else tries to tell you why you should like this 
that's where it loses its value to me. Yeah. We'll see what finally slapped a label and kind of made a, a big cohesive moment for me when it's like, Oh, this is what I've loved this whole time. And why it's still a big deal to me is Bioshock Mm -hmm. playing through Bioshock Uh, and realizing like Art Deco. That's what I love. Art Deco is wonderful. Fucking love. It's wonderful. I mean, part of the reason I want to play Rogue Legacy too. I'm loving Rogue Legacy, but I stopped. It was easier for me to stop the Bioshock Infinite DLC because whenever I was walking through untouched rapture it was like fuck this is perfect yeah i love i love how all this looks so much this is Mm -hmm. all those moments where i would just see something in passing or you know this is the style that i love and i don't i don't really want to light it on fire like i imagine i'm gonna have to in this game so I'll take a pause on this and play Rogue Legacy <laughs> and just come back here and walk around Rapture because <laughs> this is great. I love it. And another, just because yeah. you talked about that one, the diner painting, a, a piece that I've always really liked and I don't know why is that one, uh, it's it's uh, pointillism where everyone is like mm. on on like a picnic or something. Oh, that's, um, yeah, that's Surat, yeah. Oh, I love I love that. And I remember I used to do I do pointillism pictures in in my art classes in high school because I just always thought that was very cool. That falls under the impressionist um, genre, and the painting that you're mm-hmm. referring to is a Sunday afternoon in Ferris on the style. island of Le Grand <laughs> Jatte. Yep. And it is, uh, it's what, it's the painting that Cameron like has. Ever, yes. Yes. Connect- <laughs> this is not a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. Uh, has a real deep connection with it. Ferris Bueller's day off. <laughs> no, cause I, yeah, for some reason I was always drawn to that and drawn to the poisonism style. I just thought it was very cool. So yeah, it's, uh, it's great. When you think about that in clueless, when she says it's like a Monet, she's, really beautiful from afar but close up she's kind of a mess you know it's kind of the same deal <laughs> also really like uh Bauhaus as well yeah. um that being a designer that like really speaks to me um and pop art too i think like the pop art is like amazing um there's a lot that's uh, a lot that's said in pop art um that you know doesn't get said in you know traditional um, traditional art. And then like, you know, going back to like Dadaism and like Tyler, when you were talking about like, you know, comedy and stuff, like Andy Kaufman is t- a total Dadaist. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, everything about him is like, like his, his comedic sensibilities of just like inserting himself to for the sake of being strange mm-hmm. and or offensive, like I mean, that is like it's that's Dadaism, like to to a, a, a point, um, and like all the stuff with like the wrestling and stuff, like I mean, that is like <laughs> absolute, like that is that is like the the that is Dadaism. Reading uh, the entirety of the Great Gatsby cool. and then taking his audience uh-huh. out for cookies and milk, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Mighty Mouse. I mean, that <laughs> is like, I don't know, man. It's just, that's good shit. Well, and another thing, too, I wanted to comment on before we moved on, and it seems it's kind of, um, I think, overlooked whenever you talk about, when you get into a discussion about different periods of art and how important it was and everything, really what I love to do from time to time is go back and look at caveman paintings. Um, mm. Because some they're so cool and i picture them you know the picture it's always there's always animals and there's always you know hunters and it's telling the story of this and warning of that and and uh, i i find myself imagining you know that caveman with his torch or he's built a little fire and he's just drawing with charred sticks and some of these pictures are really cool they're really beautiful to look at and some of them are like pretty accurate as far as like the shapes and stuff of the animals and you can look at it and say i know what that is you know uh and i just think it's neat that like before we had a written language we were drawing pictures and Mm -hmm. that's why i think this kind of stuff speaks to people on such a levels because at at the end of the day we understand pictures probably more we can relate to that more than we can the written word in a lot of ways so i think that's just really neat yeah i mean it's universal in a way you know i mean like uh obviously cultural context and historical context will you know uh change how you perceive something but i mean at the at the end of the day i mean like a red square is a red square you know right. like it's there's some there's something about it that is um just intrinsically more understandable than than you know language whenever i was so there was one line in the dada's wiki uh they expressed their rejection of that ideology and artistic expression that appeared to reject logic and embrace chaos and irrationality and chaos was a blue URL. So then we went from that to the chaos wiki. So the Final Fantasy villain? Well, it went then into randomness. So it would have been nice <laughs> if we were the Final Fantasy villain. But <laughs> so for randomness, uh, we could ta- kill chaos. <laughs> we could take it back to the podcast a little bit. Like, what is uh, your favorite and most hated thing the randomizer has given us? And then I also had uh, what is something? What was an extremely random event in your life? I'm gonna have to think I, on that one for a minute. Yeah, I mean, Street Hockey '94. Uh, yep, being yep. the worst Super Nintendo game <laughs> that I've played so far, I'd say that's probably my most hated. Um, but like what's tough is like i don't know like there's so many like pleasant surprises that the randomizer has given us on the show like i feel like prince of persia even like was way better than i thought it would be like you know a port of prince of persia on the super nintendo um i wouldn't think that would be very good and i you know you guys probably agree with that statement but like i was uh i was pretty uh i was pretty pleased with that i was like that's like whenever we get something like that it's like okay all right okay no i'm with you there but i agree street hockey being the worst my favorite 
because I don't think it gave us uh, Metal Warrior or the uh, Falcon's Revenge. Because God, mm-hmm. God, those Super Scope games. I don't have as much but to probably, pull from wh- as you guys do, and I have a wild very guns. Bad memory. Wild guns. <laughs> yeah, wild guns. That's our most favorite yeah, but that thing wasn't- they've given us. I don't know that that was randomizer though. I think oh, that was, was uh, the Nintendo Switch Online. Oh yes, but, uh, it was. It was. But we did those in random order, right? So maybe that semi randomized them. We baby yeah. randomized them. Yeah, a little randomizer. Yeah, Wild Guns. That's a treat. I'd have to go with that one too. I had a lot of fun with that one. The, what was the one of, yeah, that with was the a fire? Game. You were a firefighter. Ignition factor. Ignition factor was a pleasant yep. surprise for me. I really got into that one. Mm-hmm. Even though I sucked balls at yep. it, I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. Uh, the follow-up to that was like, what is the most random? Um, what thing is that's a happened? random thing that's happened to you that blew your mind that it happened to you? Oh, what? What's your definition of random? Uh, I mean, something, something isn't it, isn't it all random, man? Well, <laughs> something that may have happened directly by chance. Mm. I, I've got a kind of a weird one. It was I remember this fondly because nothing like this. I've always been very linear as far as like how I've lived my life. You go to school, you get a girlfriend, you get married, you know that kind of thing, and. This is probably – there was this period of time shortly – it was – I want to say it was the summer of my junior year in high school. And we I, – I didn't have a girlfriend for like the first time in forever. And we had this – I took this job stocking shelves at – a store that had opened, like a big box store that had opened. It's no longer here, and I can't remember the name of the store for the life of me, but they had openings for people to come in and work the midnight shift for like a week uh, stocking shelves to get ready to open the store. And so I took this job just to make a little extra money and went and did the thing, and I met this girl there named Amber. And I will never forget Amber. Uh, And we just immediately like... It, we were we were friendly to one another, and then like the day, the first day we went to after the shift was over, you know, it was like five in the morning. Uh, we went to Denny's and had breakfast and sat around and smoked cigarettes and talked and drank coffee for like three hours, uh, and then we just after the job was uh, we never. You know, we kind of messed around a little bit, hit it off really well, and then one day she just vanished. Like, she just left. Mm. And I never saw her again. I don't have the slightest idea what happened to her. I can't even remember what her last name was. I'm not even sure she told me her last name. But it was very random for me and very unusual for me to just meet a girl and hang out with her and get close and then gone and i'm not even mad you know it was just a really nice week uh where i got to spend time with this really interesting woman and uh then she was just gone she ghosted me 
And I don't say that in a bad way. I just mean she moved or did something else. I don't know. She was kind of a free spirit, and I never really met anybody like her before. And I can probably classify that as one of the more random things that have ever happened to me. Hmm. I can say the same thing with um, Melissa in that our last names happen to kind of coincide to where in school, if we had a class together, we ended up being side by side. Mm. And uh, we we have had in all of high school, in all in all of school, middle school, high school, we had four classes together. That always happen to, you know, be at important times in our lives. And we always sat like right beside each other. Uh, I can say the same thing for Josh Nance. I only ever had one class with Josh and it was first semester, sixth grade, right at elementary school. And we sat directly across from each other, found out we liked Legos and then became friends, and then never had a class ever again. <laughs> so it just worked out that that one time we just made friends for life in that one semester, and that was that was it. Nice. Uh, I've already. I feel like I've already shared on this show before, like the two most random things that have probably happened to me. Uh, so like, this isn't going to be new for anybody, but, uh, I mean that one time we were playing Pokemon go at the riverfront and that, uh, <laughs> girl came out of the van and then, uh, uh, everybody in the van started yelling, suck him dry, suck him dry in unison. Oh, that was so um, good. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and then, the time I found myself on Reddit on the that on Close subreddit. That is a good one. That's perfect. That is. Both. <laughs> just, just, just me in the background holding a Diet Coke while uh, a woman shows off her uh, the front of her dress from which her husband just uh, <laughs> put a big old load on their belly. Uh, and then I'm just in the background, just not knowing that, you know. <laughs> my my cum sense isn't tingling. I don't know that it's just mere mere meters from me. You know, oh, I got a I, so I, I saw that picture, you know, and I, I also was like, Holy shit, that's Dave, you know, even though I knew <laughs> that you had you you know, you pointed us at that picture. I was like, Holy shit, that really is him and then I thought I had a fetish, but then when I looked at other pictures of come on clothes and you weren't in the picture, it just didn't do it for me. So <laughs> Dave in the background. <laughs> You you do have a fetish. It's just a just, date. Yeah, fetish. you have to be <laughs> in the picture or else it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. With a Diet Coke. It's Yes, the Diet Coke is perfectly is natural. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to everybody at some point. They go through a date, a date fetish. Sometimes you're in a van down by the river with a bunch of guys in it. <laughs> no, that's that's the best answer to that question. It really is. So um, I was thinking about this the other day, like uh, this isn't like nearly as like coincidental, I guess, as the uh, or random as the other things. But like, I remember when I first met Nikki, um, one of our we went, <laughs> you guys remember spiders, right? Uh, Fuck, yeah. Like the, yeah. Girls the, going the, wild, the but they're for 10 minutes. State lines. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you could go, you could drive across state lines. Murray was a dry county, but you could drive across state lines. You can get beer at this club called Spiders uh, or Spiders Web. I can't remember. It was one or the other. I don't think I ever went and, to that um, one. I don't think it was around when I was in Murray. You weren't missing a whole lot. No. Nope. I mean, it was. <laughs> It was not great, but I mean, it was the place that you kind of went. Um, and you know, oh, well, I think Henry's asleep, but I'll say this quietly. Um, I'll scream, suck him dry in my <laughs> office, but I'll say this quietly. Um, <laughs> um so w- w- Nikki and I, we weren't 21, uh, but Nikki had an ID that she found in a bathroom at work. Uh, and she would use this ID essentially to get into to clubs, bars and spiders and like all that. Um, and then, so she was telling, we went there one time and she was telling me about it and I was like, well, does the person even look like you? Like, is it one of the, like, do they even like look at it? And she's like, yeah, they look at it. And she showed it to me and it was the ID of uh, the girl that I had a crush on in high school. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, I know this. I know this person. She's like, you do? I was like, yeah, I had a crush on her in high school. <laughs> it's all kismet, man. So It's all kismet. I mean, yeah. Oh, God. That's good. I didn't know that story. That's good. And then I was like, you're almost her. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) She was real pleased. (laughs) Good enough. You'll have to do. At least she's got her ID. Can you can you hold that ID up while we're doing it so I can (laughs) That's a good idea. That's a good idea right there. Hey, Nikki, you still have that ID? (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask her tomorrow. Can I uh, have that? (laughs) So from the Chaos Wiki, I then was linked to the Dice Wiki. So uh, what's the favorite set of dice you've ever had as as D&D players? Mm. Well, my answer to that's going to be like, really short because I have never I didn't buy dice for the first time until uh, we were going to do that we did that one tabletop that we started over at the other place the first mm-hmm. place where I started hanging out and that was just a cheap set um, and then that's really all the dice I've ever bought I do like the set that you loaned me to play on the uh, Scott Pilgrim game though the oh, yeah. real heavy kind of and they got that kind of fire pattern on them or whatever i really like those Chaco chica's hades dice. yeah yeah because my i remember my very first set of dice when we played D uh first semester of my freshman year at murray state ramon had a bunch of dice so we went through and i wanted to pick something different so i picked a bubblegum pink d20 with a orange and white speckled uh, percentile die for my D10 because my character had a a revolver that did a D10, uh, a blue D6, and a green D4, and that's what I used for a pretty long time. 
Um, I loved that set. I loved, I had a set of pure silver die uh, that were heavy as tiny and heavy as fuck. <laughs> I used them yeah, for my, <laughs> yeah, because you would, we, at the time, we gamed on a metal, uh, on the back of a road sign. Oh, God. That was quiet. So, yeah, it would just thud onto it. I mean, it was like a little, probably about the size of a, a little smaller than a dime. Every, every piece of that, of that set, which I'm pretty sure, uh, someone who won't be no, uh, named stole from me whenever, whenever he left town. <laughs> uh, never oh, saw really? those again. Yeah, because they were they were they were pretty expensive. I got it for my birthday. Uh, I love. Yep, the set I had for Pudge in your game, Dave. That was the cylindrical the fucking set. barrel D twenty. <laughs> yep. God, that motherfucking D twenty. I hated that thing so much because it was just like. <laughs> Uh, it was always just like really i mean it's like it was like with miller essentially exactly uh, um same number just like you just you just rolled a 17 again yep (laughs) yep because i i also it was just constant that barrel gave me 17s just like miller kept rolling constantly (laughs) fucking constantly yeah and then uh what else stands out to me that i loved I have a set of for uh, Warden, my uh, shifter barbarian in Josh's game. Um, he was very nature themed, so I had a a leaf ivy set that I bought that I absolutely love, and then I love the ones I use now. I use um, Anna's paladin dice that that I bought for the blue and white ones. I really like those too. What about you? Uh, Dave? I really like. I don't know if this is the one that you mentioned. It very well might be, but there was um, a pink D20 uh, that I used um, that I absolutely loved. Um, and it was it was like this bubblegum pink. In, uh, it was almost like, this is going to sound really weird, but the texture was almost like talcum-y, you know? Like it almost had this like, I don't know, like this... I know it's a, it's a different one that I'm talking about, but I know that D20. Yep. I know exactly God, what you're talking I, about. I, I, I might still have it. I don't know. But like, I love that D20 because it was like, because the way it felt, uh, it had, it almost felt like it was always like, this is going to sound weird, but it almost felt like it was always powdered. Yep. Like, um, but like the powder wouldn't come off on your fingers. It, 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 it felt really good. Like, and the numbers were white and the corners were not sharp at all. Like mm-hmm. they were like this really like low profile, like rounded corners. Um, and I really like how it, how it rolled. Um, I like that. That I like that D20 a lot. Uh, and then I had, I remember the first set I bought in middle school, uh, which is the same set that I used for the first character I played in uh, one of your games, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was Tokiabi's uh, red dice uh, with black speckles uh, with green numbers. That was the that was the Chessex mm. set that I think I got from Walden Books. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Along with, <laughs> along with, yeah, along with council of worms when i was like in seventh grade um and that was the only set that i owned for a long time i i like the set that i'm using now um which is like a a set of like metal 
and uh, enamel. It's like these purple, purple dice, but with like um, silver colored frames. I don't know what metal they actually are, but they're like the silver, silver metal frame. I like that. I always liked Finnegan's uh, bone D6s or was it Rudy's? Was it Rudy's? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I used it for, I used them for both. Yeah. Cause there's, I mean, they don't roll very well. It's not, but it's, yeah, essentially like this bone D six for each face. Um, like the pips on each face are like the eye sockets. So you get these really like, um, weird, like the, like the six side looks really weird. Cause it's like the skull with like six eye sockets in it. And yeah, that's a, that's a fun one. I like that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I kind of forgotten about that one. I haven't used it in a while. Well, from the dice wiki, I went to the board game wiki. So what, uh, what's your favorite board game? Favorite. I've got favorite board game, favorite tabletop and in a casino, watch your game. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I haven't played like a lot of very interesting board games, you know, because I know you guys play a lot of board games and uh, have have had more experiences in that than I have. I've only really ever played kind of the basics, you know, the monopolies and life and things like that. Um, I don't really have a very good answer for that one. Um, what were the other? I think that's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, like out of those, I mean, I like life a lot. I think Monopoly is yeah. cool, but it, you know, like we have, there's so many different versions of Monopoly. Um, we had a Star Wars. Oh, I know what my favorite game was. It was Trivial Pursuit. I always really loved playing Trivial uh, Pursuit. Yeah, yeah. And I learned uh, a lot from the that moops. game. <laughs> Yeah, Trivial Pursuits uh, is great. What were the other ones you asked about, Tyler? Uh, your favorite tabletop game? When you say that, you mean like what we do every week? What we do, which I guess is probably a more broad question for me and Dave. because we've Yeah, done I, I'd have to say the Scott Pilgrim, you know. <laughs> that's my favorite because it's kind of my real only one that I've had any real experience with. Um was was there another? And uh, in a casino, what's your game? Well, I've said before, I've never been much of a casino guy. I don't gamble. Um, but if I did, and the few times I have, I always liked roulette because it's easy to understand, and you don't you can just pick red or black and double your money. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you got a fifty fifty shot. More often than not, you're gonna probably break even or come out ahead um tanya's game was blackjack she loved it um she had a lot of help from that guy at the casino in vegas where we won 800 bucks um but i'd say for me it would probably be roulette although i would really like to be able to understand craps because it fascinates me but i just don't get it i just have never really understood it (laughs) But it's like, it always seems so exciting and, you know, you have such a chance to really do well, but I I would 
fail at it because I don't know the first thing about it. Unless I, again, to reference vacation, unless I'm rusty from Vegas vacation and I just can't lose, you know, I just keep <laughs> throwing the dice. I don't know what happened here, but I'm <laughs> winning and that's fine. That's probably how I would be. Uh, right, right now I'm loving, uh, code names. I always want to play code names with, with the kids or when we go, you know, if we have like Nicole's game night, I love, 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 love code names. I really loved, uh, that choose your own adventure board game. Uh, we had, I had a blast playing that with everybody. That one did sound fun. Oh man. And it sucks that you can, you know, eventually you just, you just get a bad ending. Um, so you can't really like win or lose, but I, I did, I thought that was, that was super fun. We were all doing that. Um, favorite tabletop game, uh, Dave, your Klingenheim game. That's probably the favorite tabletop I've ever been in. I also love, I mean, um, Ramon's very first game always stands out to me, and Josh's game where I was warden stands out to me. But I just said probably your Klingenheim game is my favorite, my favorite tabletop. Wow, thanks. That was that was fun to run um, until it just stopped being fun to run, uh, and and then I was done with it. Mm-hmm. But it was you guys, you guys really, uh, you guys really pushed that uh, that that story forward, and um. That was a lot of fun to run. I like to run games that way where it's just kind of like um, a lot of it's improv and a lot of it is just kind of taking suggestions because like you guys were awesome because you guys would be playing and like you would come up with theories. It was just I essentially like ran that game like. I feel like lost was written where it's just like you guys would say like, Oh, well maybe, maybe this is this way because of this. And then I'd be like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly how I, that's exactly how I planned it. (laughs) And then you guys would be like, wow. And it's like, yeah, this is fun. Uh, But like, (laughs) uh, but no, I've, it was fun because it really was fun because it was like it was communal in that regard. And like I didn't really I had a story. I had a story to tell if you guys cared about that story. You know what I mean? And it's like if you didn't care about the story, then you guys could just go and do whatever you wanted to do. I like to run it like an open world, you know, step. Was, and that's the only game where I feel like it's fully been like that because it's almost like the start of it was like the tutorial to where it was sort of on rails because we were trying to get out of the city. It felt like the Midgar section of Final Fantasy VII. And then it opened up. And it was like we all knew our characters and our objectives so well and each other's characters that we were able to move. And it was it was all driven. We weren't waiting for something to happen. You know, that was the amazing thing about it. It was like we were all driven to, or I want to go to this guy mm-hmm. and do this and do this. And we were all like, that's a good idea. I'm interested in that because of this. And it was, no, that was always, like, that is you absolutely unique in all of the games I've ever played to be, to be in that situation. And it was amazing. Loved it. It was a, it was a great group. It really was. And then, do you have a casino game that you like, Dave? 
No, I don't. Um, I don't really understand any of them. Yeah. Uh, so like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I played that little shop of horrors slot machine when I was in Vegas. So, but I don't, but I didn't really even like it, you know, like, um, I saw like the roulette tables there at Caesars were like, they were, they had digital ones and I was kind of tempted to like try that, but there's something about like, there's something about betting on a digital game that feels weird to me. <laughs> and maybe it's, I, I'm an old man and it, I don't know because it's like, and Ian, I know you worked at a casino, but like, so you can probably tell me, but like, with those, I mean, they're just programmed where you win at certain intervals, right? I mean, like, it, it like it feels like there's less chance involved, which is, I guess, silly, but it, it feels like it's less chance and more like, when is this thing gonna pay? That's out? all it is. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gambling on the fact that you're gonna pull up to a machine and play it around the time it's supposed to pay out, and the they're all set up basically the same way and by law depending on the state it it the a machine has to pay out a certain number of times when that's set by whatever gaming board is in control of that casino but you you won't ever have a way of knowing obviously and you'll it'll it'll the machine has to make a certain amount of money before it will pay out. And that limit is set by the gaming association. And really the gamble that you're taking there is that you're going to be there at the time when it's due to pay out. And that's pretty much all there is to it. Um, the, the saying the house always wins is there for a reason. If I could gamble like I did in fallout new Vegas, then I'd probably do it. But <laughs> Did you say your favorite board game and everything, Dave? No. Um I I really like um I really like Carcassonne. Um it's like a I believe that's a German board game, uh, where you kinda like just you take turns placing tiles, uh, and those tiles kind of make different cities and um you could you have like these little meeples that you can like place and you earn points that way it's it's really laid back i mean it can be laid back i typically play it laid back um that's recent like that comes to mind recently because like we just played that with henry not too long ago um and you know he really enjoyed it and uh, nikki always wins um which is kind of nice too because it's like that going into it knowing that she's going to win allows me to just kind of relax and just have fun <laughs> placing tiles. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, don't even try. It's not going to happen. Um, because it never, it never happens. She always wins. And like the first time we played Henry got upset and, um, it was, it was nice. It was like a nice, like teaching moment, you know, where, it, where it was just like, well, Hey man, you were having fun up until right now when you found out that you lost. Right. So, I mean, it was a net positive. <laughs> right. right? And, it, and, and plus you got to know, and I told you this before we started playing, your mom always wins when we play this game. So you were doomed from the start. Uh, and then like, as far as like tabletop games go, um, you know, when you ask that question 
specific games didn't necessarily come to mind. And by that, mean, I don't, I mean like specific campaigns didn't really come to mind. Uh, systems kind of came to mind. Um, I love Morkborg. Uh, I think like that is a really fun take on like uh, the old school Renaissance uh, tabletop kind of games um, where they can kind of be as like the rules light. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's, I don't know, that's nice to play a rules light game sometimes. Um, especially when it's like dictated so much by style, like Morkborg is. I'm also, I'm in a forbidden lands game right now, which is really cool. It's been a really long time since I played a, a hex crawl and that's what forbidden lands kind of is. Um, it's like this overworld hex crawl and like, um, the setting is really honestly what makes that game really cool because like it's um it's like all the like fantasy races were kind of like at war with one another and then um this human sorcerer came through and was essentially just conquering uh the land and he was doing it by summoning demons and then all of a sudden this thing called the blood mist happened uh which this sorcerer was blamed for um, r- rightfully so or not. I don't know. We haven't discovered it yet. Um, but like the blood mist, just kind of like, it's this, it's this mist that like, if you go into it, you die essentially. And it covered the land, like, and it, it forced people into like little pockets and to like these like settlements, uh, for like a hundred years. And then the game starts when that mist just kind of goes away one day and people kind of like, come out of their little hidey holes and start like poking around. And um, one of the things that I think is really cool about it is like, as you explore the world and as you do this hex crawl, move from hex to hex on the overworld map, uh, you discover lore about, about the world, uh, like things that were forgotten before the blood mist, things that happened during the blood mist. And um, it's really, it's really neat. It's a, it's, I've never really played a game that, a tabletop game that was that based on X uh, on exploring uh, and like you're rewarded for exploring uh, by learning about the world. And uh, I think, I think that's really cool. And then of course, I mean, you kind of brought me into call of Cthulhu, which I love that. And I look forward to doing more of that, especially that edition of, of call of Cthulhu that we do. Yeah, man, I love I love Chaosium Call of Cthulhu. Like that skill system is just like, oh, I love it so much. It reminds me of Ultima Online, which I know I go to that Ultima Online well a lot, but like I love it, man. It's like combat is skill based, social skills, everything is skill based, and it's like, oh, I love that so much. Because the D twenty Call of Cthulhu was garbage. Well, it's just kind of one of those where it's like D twenty. That system is bombastic. Like, I mean, it's just like if you look at the if you look at the curve, right, for the rolls, I mean, it's just like you have like I mean, you have criticals, you have like, I mean, and it and it's like you're you're rolling a 20-sided die versus like a hundred-sided die. So I mean, it's like it's gonna be a lot that curve is gonna be a lot steeper. Mm-hmm. So more like it, it's exciting, you know? Yeah. Um where I feel like Call of Cthulhu Chaosium is can still be exciting because it's deadly, uh, depending on the setting. 
but it's a lot more, it's a lot more f- like the curves, a lot more flat. It's not as bombastic. So like, yeah, playing Call of Cthulhu with D20 is like, all right, let's go kick Cthulhu's ass, you know, <laughs> Yep. which is like, to me, very weird for Call of Cthulhu because it's like, <laughs> I feel like Call of, C- Call of Cthulhu should be like, fuck, I'm constantly getting my ass kicked slowly over time. Yep. <laughs> yep. And now I'm insane. Like that right, one. yeah, exactly. Like what the one that D20 Call of Cthulhu I played at Dragon Con where the guy was clearly just running a game to get his discounted tickets so to play an awful game where you died as quickly as possible so he could get up and leave. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, it what was so awful. a dick move. Oh, it was awful. Okay, well, I wasted $2 for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, from uh, from the board game wiki, because uh, I saw an interesting thing on the board game wiki, is a board game called The Mansion of Happiness, an instructive moral and entertaining amusement. And it is a Christian morality board game. One of the first oh, we ones to come this. over. Oh, man. <laughs> it was made for the extremely wealthy, because it's made almost entirely of like copper and these special watercolors and eventually they made another version just for uh slightly less wealthy people but but still very wealthy people you know as christianity is meant to do (laughs) so that was we've talked some about uh uh religion uh so were was it something you were brought up in uh and did you did you have any games like this that you had to play. So like, I'll go ahead and start like, cause I've been open. I was brought up very, they like to say they're not Southern Baptist. Cause they're like, Oh no, we're not denominational. Oh, they're fucking Southern Baptist. So the Baptist with like one different ritual and they say they're not denominational. So I was brought up. Uh, my parents were a lot more zealous growing up, uh, uh, hyper conservative, uh, they have since loosened up to an unrecognizable level, to, you know, where they will, <laughs> they will have a glass of wine as opposed to even driving by a place that served wine was an abomination <laughs> when I was growing I'm up. I'm sorry. Could you say that again? I couldn't hear you over the sound of my monocle popping off of my eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we talked about the country castle. Like, there's not a time... Of ages 8 through 16 that I would drive by that and get a lecture about it every single time we passed it. And it, <laughs> and it was just a, the biggest den of iniquity there's ever been. So I was <laughs> I was sorely disappointed when I finally went when I was well into my 20s. I mean, they made me feel like it was my fault that this thing was here because they kept yelling at me about how awful it was. And then <laughs> it was disappointing. When I went, they had a pretty good Cubano. That's about, that's about it. Uh, and I'm not I, even worshiping Satan yet or nothing. <laughs> I had a few uh, religious games. I remember they. I at one point I'd had a Walls of Jericho Game Boy game. Uh, I could. They would always take me to that one Christian store on Southside, and I could get whatever I wanted from there. I didn't really take him up on it. Um, I wish I would have had Super Noah's Ark 3D for my Super Nintendo, but I did not. <laughs> uh, 
I know Josh had some, Josh and I had very similar, well, Dave, me, you, and Josh all were raised by the three faces of the same man. Um, but I know Josh, Josh. It's a good way of putting that. Yeah. That was very, that's, yeah, it's very poetic. I love that. Cause it, it, yeah, it makes it sound like we were raised by like a deity pantheon. Sort of. One. Like the mustache pantheon. (laughs) The face of wood, the face of cars, and the face of construction. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm so thankful my parents have chilled out, but, and I was still that, that hyper conservative. I remember, like, in high school, Josh had a sip of beer and I nearly lost my fucking mind over it. Um, but once I actually went to college and, and met other people and had new experiences, it's like, oh, well. I'm not. I'm not going back to, to that. Um, so organize, organized religion is certainly not where it's at for me, and and I still have a I have a hard time. Like, I will go to church with Melissa, the one she grew up at, and uh, wonderful people. But I don't always. I have trouble like with the messages a lot. Although I do really like their 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 preacher now, uh, a young guy who's like, oh, okay, I don't mind. I don't mind this at all. So, but for the most part, Southern, the Southern Baptist thing, I can't, I can't touch. However, you know, I still consider myself somewhat religious, but all of the, the games and stuff as a kid were always the worst. (laughs) Um, Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, of course, we, my family was, very Southern Baptist. We went to church and I hated going. I hated it every week. I never even made good like friends at church. Like Tanya will tell me that she spent most of her time at church growing up just because she hated being at home. So she would go to church as often as possible uh, to, you know, hang out, meet people, have friends, all that kind of stuff. Me, I couldn't stay far enough away from church and I didn't like it, but we were Southern Baptist. Um, then, of course, I got exposed to so much religion growing up. Then I went, you know, because I went to Catholic school um, when we moved to Paducah. I went to a Catholic school here. Uh, it was where my mom taught as well. And part of what we had to do, we had to go to Mass every morning. Every morning uh, for Mass. And I wasn't able to really participate. I had to go through the motions, but I, you know, obviously wasn't receiving communion or any of that kind of stuff. I just went. So I had to go through Mm -hmm. sitting through mass. So that made me dislike church even more. Uh, And then whenever I thought I had all that behind me, uh, my second wife insisted that we get married uh, in an Episcopal church here in town uh, that begins with a G and uh, I did that too. Yeah, <laughs> I had to apparently. Um, I converted to Episcopal, so I guess I'm Episcopal now because I haven't done anything since. Uh, and it was it was kind of funny too because you know going through um, when you when you are Catholic, you have to go through all these. When you grow up Catholic, uh, you go through all these things. You go through confirmation and you go through first communion and you go through all this other stuff, which I never did. Uh, so when we go to talk to the priest at the Episcopal church where we got married, 
uh, he said, I said, well, Episcopal is similar to Catholic. I've always referred to it as diet Catholicism, uh, because it is, they're, <laughs> they're laid back Catholics basically. Uh, and so we're sitting there talking to the priest that's going to marry us. We have to go to these, you know, visits with him, uh, to that make was it Nick. I can't remember. I can't remember. I it was Nick. If I was somebody else I'd been marrying, I might have made it more of a point to remember <laughs> it. But anyway, uh, we were going to the counseling that we had to attend to go through the ceremony. And I was like, well, I got to ask you. I mean, I, I'm not Episcopal. And what what does it take to get to, you know, do I have to convert? Do I have to do whatever? And he goes, congratulations, you're Episcopal. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that was easy. It's not even a membership fee. Uh, so that was sort of – but at the end of the day, I've just never been a very religious person. It's just never resounded very heavily with me. I remember my uncle, he is a pastor, uh, and I used to have to go to camp every summer with them. And it was this Bible camp, you know. Uh, and of course, you know, this is my parents getting rid of me so they could do something they wanted to do for a week, uh, before I was old enough for them to say, well, you're just going to stay home for a week while we go to Florida or whatever. Um, but they would send me down to Georgia with my uncle and aunt and they would go to camp. Uh, I didn't know anybody. It's almost impossible to make decent friends at within a you know week-long camp, of, especially when you're around a bunch mm -hmm. of kids who are already friends and you're just kind of sitting on the outside wishing this week would end. Um, just never really had a whole lot of good experiences with religion and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. And then as far as, like, games are concerned, I don't – I didn't ever play any, like, religious board games or anything uh, or Nintendo games or anything like that. Uh, because I mean, my grow my growing up in the church before my father finally wised up and left the whole institution behind, we stopped going to church all the time. Um, you know, was we, there were no video games, so I didn't have and <laughs> the board game thing just didn't ever come up as far as like you know Christian religious based games. You could you could have ordered Red River Crossing for the Atari out of a, a Christian. Christian oh, bookstores. Yeah, you're right. I could have. I had a 2600. So no, I had a. It's that's. I had a 5200. <laughs> it's worth a few a few uh, tens of grands nowadays. Damn! I wish I'd known. <laughs> uh, I already have a guess at what Dave's gonna say. What am I gonna? What do you think I'm gonna say? I think you're gonna. Well, I would think that at least it would be an honorable mention that girl you used to hang out with where you had to play the board game for an hour before you could watch yeah. Little Shop of Horrors or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Little Shop of, it was Little Shop of Horrors or we could watch Mr. Boogity. Uh, it was typically one of those two. Yeah, I remember um, I remember that was like six, six, seven around that age and I remember like, even, like at that age kind of like picking up on my dad like just kind of like hinting like, you know, Oh, Ed, you, you like her, huh? And like, I remember like thinking even at the time thinking she's like too, she's like too churchy for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, she's cool. I like to hang out with her, but yeah, I, I don't want to go over there a whole, whole hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, I, 
I don't know. I've talked about this a bunch on the show, I feel like. So I don't think this is really going to be like news to anybody. But my mom was Catholic and my dad was Baptist. And because of that, like, we didn't go to church a lot because, you know, they really couldn't agree on where to go. Um, and then, like, you know, they'd compromise and, you know, like, one would try the other for a little bit and then, you know, it flip flop back and forth. And then, you know, so, and I was a kid who didn't really, I mean, the last thing I wanted to do on a Sunday morning was dress up nice. I know, right. Go be on, go be uncomfortable for a couple hours. Super bored and uncomfortable. Yes. I get that. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those where it's like, so, you know, I never wanted to go, and they really couldn't agree on, on where to go. So, I mean, for the, so for the longest time, I mean, I I just didn't get indoctrinated, I guess is my point. And, and there was a time where like, I did go to a Catholic school. Um, and that was definitely weird (laughs) because it was just like, okay, now all of a sudden, like I'm surrounded by religion all the time. Um, some, something that I really don't, have a connection with, you know, I mean, and I, I believed in God and everything as a kid, even though like we, I, we weren't like practicing, uh, Christians or anything like that. Um, and then, you know, a couple things happened. Um, my, my uncle died. Uh, and then like, I remember going to his funeral, a Southern Baptist funeral, like this church was like, you know, the size of my office at home, you know, where I've been sleeping last right. week, uh, real small, I guess is my point. And it's like, I remember being so mad that the, the preacher there, instead of honoring my uncle's life, just berated us for an hour yes. about how we were going to hell. Yep. Yes. Oh um, my God. And I remember being so like, like I went through stages of like scared. I was afraid. And then I was angry and that kind of set me on this path where I just started questioning a bunch of shit. Um, and then, you know, I've had a lot of weird, I've had a lot of religious weirdness. And then it's like in high school when I was dating the, the Mormon girl who like told me after prom on her porch that if we wanted to continue took date i had to marry her uh and like because of religion and i mean it's just like a whole bunch of different things just kind of just really made me start questioning stuff and uh so i don't have a i'm not a i'm not a religious man i guess you could no, say i don't, I don't blame you that. at all i mean i'm uh, on deconstructionist you know, tiktok that talks about all that kind of shit exactly what you're saying and it's all there's so much fucked up shit in it so much well, I think one of the things that kind of got me about it, because my mother was always, always, always super religious. It was very important to her. And when we, I, have I ever told the story of how we left the church, the Baptist church here in Paducah? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. When we moved to Paducah, my dad's goal was to get like really into the society, you know, get in with everybody, know everybody. That's just his nature. And, we attended the gigantic Baptist church here in Paducah. Um, it, some might refer to it as the first. 
Um, six, six flags over Jesus? No, not that one. Not that gigantic. Actually, it was the gigantic one until Six Flags Over Jesus got built. Uh, um, but we attended there, and they, of course, they had this huge auditorium or whatever they called that place to have worship service, and they had a hundred-person choir, and the baptismal font was a literal pool up behind this giant curtain, and it was all this big pomp and circumstance every week. And my dad bought into it hook, line, and sinker. They would do this ridiculous Easter play, the recreating the crucifixion, uh, the life of Jesus, and the crucifixion, and the resurrection, and all that stuff. They would put on this ridiculous thing, and of course, my dad, having been a theater major, jumped at the chance to be the guy that runs the show, right? And he's actually the one that made it into this just over-the-top thing that they still do every year uh, to this day. But he, at one point, he was the director of this thing for like three years running, and every year he would be the voice of God speaking from heaven to the whatever. And I mean, that's how deep they were into this, right? And I remember one day, one Sunday morning, we were at worship service, and they gave, there was a woman in the congregation who had been a a member of, she was the oldest living member of the congregation, and she had been a member of the first, or the, the church's congregation for something like, 60 years and rarely miss church and all this other stuff. So they called her up to the front and they gave her this little tree in a pot and each tree had money tied to the leaves or each leaf had like branch had like money tied to it. They like gave her money for being a member of the church for so long. Mm -hmm. And, I remember because I thought it was kind of even the woman that got the thing was like, "What the hell is this?" I, you know, I don't know where they came up with this idea, <laughs> but there's a subreddit called "Watch People Die Inside," and oh yes, <laughs> I I looked at my father, and and what's funny is we were in the middle of the of the aisle, you know, we weren't on the end. I looked at my dad when this happened, and I think I remember probably being about 14 years old, 12 or uh, 13 or 14 years old, and not quite understanding why they're doing this. And I looked at my dad, and I saw on his face the the last five or six years of us being at this church just crashing down on him at once. Mm -hmm. uh, and he literally stood us up right in the middle of this thing that was going on. No one was standing, uh, and we excused ourselves all the way down the pew and walked right out the front door and never came back. Good. Good. Uh, I was proud of my dad that day because, you know, up to that point, I was like, you need to stop with this, getting so deep into this place because it's killing us. But, yeah, he, he realized at that point that he was – no longer interested in being a member of the church. And so what I was getting at by that is when we left, my mom, while she understood why we left and while she supported that, and 
of course, you know, my parents both being boomers, my mom's job was to support my dad. And he says that, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, she didn't object, but I could tell that her not being able to go to church every Sunday was really upsetting her. She liked it. Uh, and it was very important to her. And I asked her once, but see, this is where I got confused because I asked her once, I was like, mom, you know, you're into this. Why, if you're so, what if it's not real? Is all this for nothing? And she proceeded to tell me about her faith and how faith is, plays a factor. But what she ended the statement with was, besides, I'd rather not take the chance that it's not that it's not real and end up being wrong if it is real. Yeah, it's like, eh, what's it going to hurt? And I thought, well, that's not really, I don't really understand that logic coming from someone who puts so much faith in religion, but okay, you know. So that's just always kind of been why the that whole thing never really set with me, because I never believed that, I never could put stock in the fact that these people were really believing what they think they believe is if, if that makes sense i don't know that's just my skepticism at work it's not to in any way disparage anybody's religious beliefs but personally it just bounced off of me it just never sunk in and i don't i that's the only reason i can come up with why i don't get that a hundred percent do you guys ever go to judgment house no David, did you have to yeah, go? Yeah, I went. <laughs> I didn't have to. Uh, I just I wanted to in high school, um, and I, I just did one time, and then that was kind of that was kind of it. There was a there was like a, a stint in high school where I didn't go to church, but I went to youth group, and um, you know, like the youth group went one time. Yeah, social event. That was yeah. that, that was like about that was about it. Because just. Knowing, knowing now, sort of how weird it is, and that they tried to pass as many kids as possible. Because I remember, so you would go to like a church that a, a large church, or maybe even a high school, because it was held at different places. So youth groups would go, people would go, whatever, and. Every every scene, there are like 15 scenes, let's say. You start off and they tell you, all right, so you're going to watch the tale of uh, the, the story of Tom and, and Jerry. And Tom will be played by different actors in every room, but Tom will always have on a blue shirt. Jerry will be portrayed by different actors, but always have on a red shirt. So you know who Tom and Jerry are. They're going to see their story. So basically it breaks down to where Tom and Jerry are best friends. Uh, they get in some sort of trouble. Uh, there is at some point. And anvils involved. Anvils. <laughs> mouse traps. Uh, they Fake can, mouse they holes. <laughs> whole nine yards. <laughs> They have the opportunity to get saved. 
one of them will get saved and one of them will not get saved. So then uh, something happens, usually a car crash, and they both die. So then you get to go experience both things that Tom and Jerry would experience. Uh, normally, first you'll go whatever, if it's in a church, it'll be, then you'll go to, that's where you'll go to the sanctuary. And there'll be a big thing set up. And of course, they've taken your names down beforehand. So you'll go and there'll be a big booming voice that is God talking to you. And God will say your name and how he hopes you make the right decision before the end of your life. And then they'll lead you off into their impression of hell. So hell will always be pitch black. They have uh, stuff set up to where you're going through a very, very narrow hallway. And it's like 90 degrees, pitch black. Uh, you just have to, you're told you have to hold on to the person in front of you. And you march through hell and you're just super uncomfortable. And then you will march, go from there uh, up a bunch of stairs usually into heaven, which heaven will be set up like Roman pillars and you'll hear water trickling. And of course, it's much cooler in there. They have the AC on and there's someone dressed as Jesus who will also uh, know your name and give you a super, super tight hug and tell you that he missed you and he's so glad you're here. And then they lead you into a room that's the by far the most awkward part where you have weird counselors who are there to then like make you fill out like a piece of paper and basically, all right, well, we're going to pray right now and get you saved. Okay, and then and then you, then you leave and go home, and they pack as many kids as possible through this experience. Uh, they did it. I mean, they did it for like for like a decade straight around here. Wow! And then at this at the same time, there was also Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, which was a sort of a touring company that would go to various churches and put on. A, a play of, of pretty much the same nature. Only it's not interactive. You just watch three different stories. So they have a hell side and a heaven side set up in the sanctuary up on like the stage. And you'll see two the different scenarios, like two construction workers. They have, you know, hey, you want to get saved? One says yes, one says no. And then a wall falls on them. They both die. And the one who got saved, like Jesus comes out and hugs him and takes him back, but doesn't let the other guy come through. The other guy's standing there like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And then people dressed as demons run out, grab the person who wasn't supposed to be saved and drags him kicking and screaming onto the hell side where somebody dressed as Satan with some sort of voice effect will come out and laugh and point into the audience about how this is going to be you. I want all your souls. <laughs> and three or four different stories where the same thing happens. <laughs> uh, my dad got to be Jesus a few years. <laughs> this was, of course, if you've seen me, I'm bald. My father is bald. Uh, he did not want anybody to know he was bald. So for many years, he bought expensive hair pieces. No one at church knew he was bald, so he would wear his hairpiece to go put on the Jesus wig, 
and and be Jesus where he comes out and hugs people. And it was always him trying to do everything as quickly as possible because his hairpiece and wig might fall off. <laughs> so just looking back at shit like that now, or just the deconstructionism about youth groups and things just hit home for me. And I always sent him to Brandon too, because I grew up in church with Brandon of Axelay fame. <laughs> so we both look back on it now and just go, oh, holy shit. About a lot of just, it. I just, I just hate how like fear-based it all is. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and, and everything's based on going to hell. It seems like, and I, I really, I really think that's a shame. And it's like, it's kind of one of those things where it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It, it, why can't you just, why can't you just live a good life and like make good decisions and be a good person? Like, why is that not enough? Like, like in the, you know, like why would Jesus be like, no, nah, I don't want that guy. Right. Right. <laughs> because yep. like, yep. Because faith is more important than that is the message, I guess. And it's like, I don't think that's true. I don't think that faith is more important than trying to be a good person and do the right thing and live a good life. I I think that is more important than just believing something, believing in something, believing that something happened. I I don't think that's as important. No, I I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, if if that's what you believe and you just – live that life you know and then that's important for you and for other people to see and it's just become something so strange and toxic that it just i don't know it just it just kills me but that's what stuff like that what you experienced about him the preacher not even talking about your uncle which is what it was before the god that shit pisses me off so much because i i still see it when i go to funerals or other kind of events where some preacher will roll in and monopolize it with some weird message. And then that's just it. And it's just, yeah. Oh, oh, that shit like that is probably top of my list. I hate it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from the mansion of happiness and a short to more entertainment amusement wiki, uh, cause that was one of the first games to come over to America and eventually kind of trickled down into, it went from religious to being more about capitalism when it came over from Europe to America, and that's how we end up with the game of life. So life is based off of Mansion of Happiness. Huh. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad I and, said that life was one of my favorite board games. <laughs> and that's yeah. why. I totally knew that. That's why I said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you talk about capitalism, so that leads me to the United States of America wiki. And then it's like, how many states have you lived in or been to or had sex in? I think, Dave, you might you might win on that one. Probably. <laughs> uh, uh, you guys can go first. I got to count. I yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I've I've only go ahead. I've only go. lived in two. I've lived in Kentucky and I've lived in Virginia. And that's that's of places I had. An established permanent residence. Um, I've been to mu- to many more, uh, not a ton. I guess I've probably been to you know everything that touches Kentucky and one state beyond that, plus 
uh, Nevada whenever we flew to Vegas that one time. And then Melissa and I do our bucket list will be eventually to have sex in all 50 states. Um, we've only had sex in Kentucky and then all the bordering states plus Florida and Georgia at the moment. <laughs> what about you, Ian? Um, I've only ever lived in Tennessee and Kentucky. And then I've been to, of course, Illinois, Missouri, um, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, uh, New York, North and South Carolina, Colorado, California, and Nevada. And then I've been to Canada twice, and I've been to France, and I've had sex in probably three or four of those states. And France. And France. And Canada. Well, no, no, I take that back. I did not have sex in Canada. Well, time to get to it. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) No time like the present. Actually, there's probably a way better time than right now. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Dave? Have you tallied? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's 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 honestly, it's not it's not that much. Uh, but like I've lived in Louisiana and Kentucky, Florida, Illinois, Iowa, Pennsylvania. Um, I've been to a lot of states. I don't know, like not on not not all fifty for sure, but like uh, mostly in the east. I haven't been to a lot of states in the west, uh, spe- specifically the northwest. Um, which I'd like to go to sometime. I, th- I think that would be really cool. Um, but uh, how many of these have I had sex in? I don't know. Uh, uh, probably like a handful of them. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't really. I don't keep track. So I'm gonna buy some sort of map for it since it's a, since it's a bucket list. <laughs> but from the United States of America wiki, I went to the New Orleans wiki. So New Orleans, they were talking. First thing they talked about was Creole cuisine. So, what's everyone? What's your favorite food and cuisine? I'm I'm not good for answering that question. I can say that my favorite food is pizza. I don't really have a particular. I guess probably I'd say my favorite Italian. My well, my favorite cuisine, <laughs> like as a whole. If I have one food to pick, it'd be pizza. Kid cuisine. Yeah, kid, kid cuisine. cuisine. <laughs> Uh, especially that corn and brownie, whatever that brownie thing was. Yeah, that for sure. <laughs> kind of mushed together on the edges. Yeah, that's my favorite food. Um, <laughs> no, if I if I had to give me kid cuisine, or I say the f word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I if I had to pick one food that's my favorite, it's pizza. Um, no pineapples, and oh. my favorite cuisine is is probably Mexican. What you, Dave? Uh, it's that's always tough. I mean, we did that. Like, I feel like we did that. Um, 
Mary fuck kill. Yeah. Where it's what was it? It was like yeah. it was like Mexican uh-huh. Chinese oh, or yeah, yeah. Thai food. It was like <laughs> I don't know. That that's really I'm that's jumping really out up. the window and um, screaming I regret nothing because I don't want to answer yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for like being born in Louisiana and like a lot of family down there and stuff, you'd think I'd be like I like seafood a lot more than I do. I really I really don't like seafood and, and Creole like is, is good. I mean, I like Creole and it's like crawfish etouffee and all that mm. and gumbo. I do like gumbo, mm. but like, and, and like a crawfish boil. I like, I like all that, but I don't know that it, it's, it's definitely not a favorite. Favorite is going to probably be like, it, it might be Thai. I mean, it really might be mm. Thai. Um, because it's like, I, it's just, it's really spicy. It can be really spicy, I guess I should say. And I really like that. And like, there are a lot of different, there are a lot of different dishes uh, that I like. And, you know, it's, it's, it has a lot of things that other, I guess, cuisine would have like the curries and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a, it's like, if I had to pick one, it's like a really good compromise which probably isn't a good way of explaining your favorite of something um but i do i do really like it and it also helps that i had it super recently (laughs) so we do have one really 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 good thai place in town i finally got to eat there yeah what'd you think it was really good yeah i enjoyed it Mm. what'd you get uh i got teriyaki chicken Okay. Uh, stir fry style. Um, and I'm glad, like, they ask you, you know, what you want your spice level to be. And I said mild because I didn't want to, like, get something too spicy and then not have dinner because I couldn't eat it. Um, and I, even their medium has, has a punch. Yeah, I felt that the mild uh, was good for me. I feel like they're not as bold as they used to be, um, which is a little, it's a little disappointing for me. It's still good, but I feel like they made a change in the kitchen. Like, I feel like someone complained or something uh, and then it probably. like scared a chef in the kitchen or uh, something yeah. or, or like maybe there's like pressure because it's like, it's still really good, but like the traditional tie hot is not. Is not what it used oh, to be. Oh, really? Maybe they heard my yeah. Maybe they heard my seed story, and they were like, "We have to stop." <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. So I remember I don't, their Thai hot like uh, pad Thai. I used to get. It's like that's my upper limit. Like it was like, damn. But my, my yeah, favorite, they go ahead. They they used to not play for sure. Now they play a little bit. We play a little bit. Now they play. Now they play a little bit for a treat. My favorite singular food is probably sushi and then cuisine overall that everything I have is always like, like yeah, this is good, would be Indian food. Yeah, Indian food's really good. I haven't had I haven't had Indian food in a minute, though. Oh, I ordered um, – because I, I I went down a YouTube rabbit hole on chicken tiki masala because Melissa like loves it, all the girls except Anna enjoy it. So I went on a an Amazon spree and made like as close to like authentic 
Like, because it's chicken tikka masala is an English curry, so it, as as authentic as you know the Indian immigrants to England make it. Because now it's like England's national dish. So everything that they do, I ordered like mustard oil and the fenugreek and everything from Amazon, and made like as authentic as I could make it, and like and that went over really really well. So I'll that's. I've been doing that because otherwise the closest place for Indian food, I think, is like Clarksville, which sucks. <laughs> but that puts us, we're, uh, we're over three hours oh, and I'm about wow. halfway through, I'm on through my rabbit hole. Damn. <laughs> it's a thick boy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably, that's probably pretty, pretty long in the tooth if you boys want to call it there. Sure. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Um I, I love this. I thought this was a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad. I'm very glad. Because cause next was, uh, let's see, favorite Greek gods. Uh, I eventually ended up on the Phil Spector Wikipedia. So, you know, favorite serial killer or true <laughs> crime. A few steps more to the Lincoln Park Wikipedia. A few steps more to the Kurt Cobain Wikipedia. One step more for the Donald Duck Wikipedia, so... <laughs> oh. <laughs> we quit too early. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find the show on iTunes, not SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, or just Google Tadpog. You'll find us. Um, so... See, next week, if everything goes as planned, we'll be returning to the Scott Pilgrim game to continue those adventures. Uh, but in the meantime, if there's anything you want to send us, we're all back together and, and not do our tabletop. We'll, we'll open some of those. See if we're sending to Tadpog Studios. Care of Nicole Nance, P.O. Box 3785, Paducah, Kentucky 42002. You want to call and leave us a voicemail, 270 883 2555. Hey, according to the hospital, COVID's coming back. So. Maybe we should sell masks again. Who knows? But if you want a shirt, shirts.tabog.com. All right. Sweet. Masks.tabog.com. Here, I'm going to check that right now and see if that works. I'm, I'm, I, like, I'm too lazy to stop selling a thing, so I'm pretty sure we do. <laughs> Ian, do you have any uh, uh, executive producers? I do. I have a nice a list of nice people that um, donate $20 or more a month to the cause and I'm going to read you that list right now, whether you like it or not. Starting with uh, Usurper Grimm, Cousin David Galino, Temporal Eternal Savior, Cubicle Monkey, Plinko, Nick Price, Executive Producer, Dick Dougie, Cthusius Jeff Miners, Clambro, Cody Phillips, Bantha Master, Gamebug Prime, Nathan Eaton, Matt Gentile, a.k.a. Gentle G, congratulations on your marriage, Magical Sleeper, a.k.a. Big Dick Pie Baker, Chris Vaughn, Princess Banana Hammock, Flavor Trick, Taryn Landon, Pinball Archmage, Chris Edwards, I'm sorry you couldn't be on this episode. Platinum member Brett Miller, Sandwich Pope Phil Hawkins, Nate from Utah, first time caller, Drinksmith Joey Webster, Master Cycle Baron Kevin Link, Barbecue Baron Andrew Rowland, General Kenobi Massacre, and Sick Jake. I'm sorry you fell for the marketing. Thanks, guys. Thank you all very much. Uh, nothing new on Patreon. Uh- and also, like, don't buy one of our masks. Like, get a real mask. <laughs> Protect yourself. Get, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, exactly. Protect yourself. Essentially, what we, what we sell is like 
uh, it's like a pair of underwear with loops on it. Like, I mean, it <laughs> Watercolor get a, tissue get a paper. Real, yeah, get a real, get a real mask. <laughs> uh, let's see. Our theme song is moved by Second More Drive. You found that sh- uh, track at the show notes at tapog.com. Hey guys, want to close it out? Um, hmm. I don't know. What do y'all think? Uh, let's close it out as um, what we think Ian's dad sounded like as God. <laughs> well, I can't do it because I know. But I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know. You know. Yeah. You can, you're, you're the baseline. So until next time. And now, a dramatic reading. I'm a savage yeah classy bougie ratchet yeah sassy moody nasty hey hey yeah acting stupid what's happening bitch whoa whoa (laughs) (laughs) what's happening bitch whoa whoa I'm a savage yeah classy bougie ratchet yeah sassy moody nasty huh acting stupid what's happening bitch what's happening a ah And that is literally all I can do from Savage by (laughs) Megan the Stallion.